And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are coming to you live from Northwest Pennsylvania. You can hear us on Global Star Radio Network. You can watch us live on YouTube. Uh, Team K9 is the search term or the official Hagman and Hagman Report as well as simulcasting on Blog Talk Radio and all that is compiled on our show website, hagmanandhagman.com. We have our news information and updated content on hagmanreport.com. Bookmark that site and check it throughout the day for the latest news stories as we uh, continue to fill that site up with content, and uh, show content, and other content that is important to you. A um, couple quick announcements. Uh, I'm Joe Hagman, the co-host, along with my father, Doug Hagman, who will be with us in... Uh, after the second segment, uh, we have a great show lined up for you tonight. Author and radio show host Daniel Holdings is coming on in the first two hours, and we're going to talk about a number of things from the uh, presidential election, geopolitics from uh, the U.S., as well as internationally pertaining to the Middle East, the uh, wars and rumors of wars, the threats of World War III being kicked off in Syria, and the proxy wars that those entail, um, as well as Daniel's books. Uh, folks, go to danielholdings.com and bookmark his site and check out his latest books. He has uh, a very interesting way of writing books. He's a, a nonfiction writer. Uh, well, it's a fiction uh, book, but he does it as he's led by the Lord to write. And we're going to talk about some of the things that he has written in his books, As the Darkness Falls. Three days of dark, uh, three days in the belly of the beast, and between the veil, um, and he's going to talk about some of the things that he has written in the past that have come to fruition, as he says the Lord has led him to to write these books and the content in these books, and then some things that are right on ver- on the verge of becoming um, fact and and history. Uh, especially pertaining to the Middle East and NATO and the current situation we see with Russia, the United States, and the tension between these two nations that continues to increase. Then in the third hour, after uh, we interviewed Daniel, we are going to have back with us Standeo from Standeo.com as he joins us every Tuesday night in the last hour to talk about his latest research and investigative findings, uh, some of it's scientific, some of it's uh, Bible prophecy related, and some of it's just very interesting, as well as all the earth changes, volcanoes, earthquakes, and what's going on uh, in the world of geology. Um, Portions of tonight's show are brought to you by Minuteman Rocket Stove. That's Minuteman Rocket Stove, a very handy on-the-go stove that uses uh, regular wood, just regular wood, and it's uh, in a reinforced uh, one-eighth inch reinforced by steel ammo can 
that is very handy, easy to use, easy to clean. More on that later. Also, americansurvivalwholesale.com. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com, the company to go to for all your storable food needs. And more on that later as well. We're not going to waste any more time. We have our guest with us, Mr. Daniel Holdings. Daniel, it's great to have you back on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe, thanks so much, buddy. It's always good to be with you guys. And uh, are you running solo today or is your dad around? No, he's around. He will be with us after the second segment at the beginning of the second hour at the latest. So you'll have him for at least an hour. So you and I can get down to the nitty-gritty right now then. Absolutely, we can. Let me jump. Let's jump right into it. <laughs> well, look, th- these are serious times, and uh, we have a serious message tonight. And because of that, uh, I'm going to start out the evening by offering a serious uh, offer, a serious discount on my books. And as as the discussion progresses, I think you will understand why I'm doing it. Because honestly. And this is not, uh, it's not hyperbole. I'm not just saying this to shag some books. I am telling you honestly, I do not know how much longer they will be available. And you will understand that as the the discussion moves forward, because I think time is so short in uh, in the, the current life as we know it. We... We, we buy and sell normally, we transact business on the internet, but as some things will come out, you're going to see in very short order that those things are going to change. And I'm not talking about we'll not be here tomorrow, although perhaps some of us might not be. I, I'm simply saying that things are about to change. So I have a serious discount for you. So if you go to my website, danielholdings.com, and you buy any of my books, and you and when you when you go to check out, if you put the coupon code, code in, Serious, get it for a serious discount. You get an additional fifteen percent off. Now, my books are always uh, at a discount compared to Amazon or any place else. You can get them when you buy them on my website. That's why I suggest you go there. I can't honor anybody else's website. Uh, I can only give you the discount on my website, fifteen percent off when you put in the coupon code Serious. Now, in addition to that, and I want to get all this stuff out of the way at the beginning so you understand why. Um, okay. There's something called the package. Uh, the package is all three of my fictional books, uh, and if you you buy them, they're already at a discount of I think it's fifteen percent, or perhaps even twenty percent off of if you just bought them individually. However, for those individuals, because the holidays are coming up, or those individuals that have read the books and want to buy the books for other people, uh, if you want to uh, give those books as a gift, when you purchase. Two packages at full price, I will give you a third package for free. So it's a two for, excuse me, a three for two offer. Uh, and that way you can be sure to give those as gifts. Now, why am I talking about these things, Joe? Is this just a means to pedal books? No. Because as you said in your introduction, and many of your audience already know me, uh, they've heard me before. So it, 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 it's some of this stuff is not going to be new to them. But we're going to delve into some of the stuff that is coming, uh, you know, to pass now. But let me say on the forefront, I am no prophet. I've never said I was a prophet. I did write these books according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, God gave me the things to write. I put them in there. I had no idea that 
some of those things would be coming true and other things look like they would be coming true. So let's just uh, recap some of the things that have already come true, uh, Joe, out of those books. The first book I wrote uh, was Three Days in the Belly of Beast. I think I wrote it, I don't know. It's just last year came out in its uh, third edition, but I, I wrote it, I, I think, uh, in 2009, 2010, maybe, something like that. And in that book, I wrote that they discovered the God particle, which they ended up actually discovering the God particle. And I wrote that the scientists were actually looking for a parallel dimension, meaning a place that they could look into, that they wanted to bridge the gap between dimensions and look into there. Well, just last year, with the experiments at CERN and Large Hadron Collider, in fact, that was their stated goal to look, and I had no idea back, you know, seven, eight years ago when I first wrote the book. Um, now, there's a bunch of other stuff in that book that has, has happened, uh, you know, throughout the years, and I had no idea that that would be the case. That's the book that they actually, they found in the ancient Torah code along with my name and some of the storylines in the book. So it was a pretty phenomenal thing, but it got me to understand that these books were larger than myself, that the things that the Father wanted to show us in preparation for those things to come was really, really important and that we needed to pay attention. So uh, fast forward to what I wrote as The Darkness Falls. Uh, your dad says that that's his favorite book, as, of my books, uh, that, that As the Darkness Falls was his favorite. Uh, that recently came out just last year in uh, a second edition. The back of it, I actually put a bunch of... Uh, uh, links or websites, I should say, that has news, real news, uh, about the issues in the book. That is the book where I actually wrote that um, I wrote about ISIS before there was an ISIS. Three or four years before there was an ISIS, uh, I talked about something like ISIS. At that time, I called it the ISNW. It was a yeah. terrorist organization, declared a caliphate, rose up out of Syria, and, um, you know, was bent on world domination, was bloodthirsty, and all the rest. That was and I the think book that, that the book, that as the darkness falls, things are not as they seem. I think that book is the first book of yours both my dad and I have read, if I'm uh, if my memory is correct. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it was their first, your first book. Yeah, um, and it's fantastic. It, uh, it really it is. Had, thank you, thank you. But again, it's not it's not me. It's the Lord. He gets all the credit. Uh, something else that came out of that book, and it was kind of a side. You know, oftentimes, you know, what happens is I I. I hear, you know, things coming through all these books. I'm going, you're kidding me. you got to be kidding me. Because it's not like I wrote this stuff and say, oh, this is going to happen. No. I mean, I, I, I pen this stuff, and it, it, it starts to happen, and it, it boggles my mind as much as it boggles everybody else's mind. I'm along for the ride just like the readers are. Something else that came out of there is that um, there was a, a – I, 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 I said that, that Russia would start an Eurasian trade pact. Now, this was, again, I wrote the book in 2012, I think, or 2011, came out in 2012. I, I said that Russia would start a Eurasian pay trade pact. Just last year, actually the year before, I suppose now, uh, Russia did, in fact, do that, and that's exactly what it's called, the Eurasian trade pact. And it, it, it's mind-boggling. But we'll get back to Russia and ISIS and some of those other stuff and current, uh, current events here in just a little bit. Uh, and then in, in my third book, uh, Between the Veil, which came out uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago now, uh, I wrote that the Pope would call 
for a world organization uh, and that he would become part of that organization. And interestingly enough, that in fact did happen just uh, about a year and a half ago after the book came out. And I didn't know that. I, I also wrote uh, that they would welcome, now this is crazy, uh, but I wrote that they would welcome the, uh, what do you call it, uh, aliens coming to Earth to uh, save mankind. And we know by the work of Tom Warren and Chris Putnam that this is actually a uh, an, a, a thought that they have. Uh, they they actually believe that this is uh, uh, going to happen. And so, again, things in those books coming to fruition that I had no idea about, and it just happens. All right. So, with with that said, this is why you have to pay attention, audience. This is why. It's not because I want to sell books, although I do want to sell books. I'd be lying if I told you that wasn't true. I need to. This is where I, the, the way I make a living. But that being said, in these books, and those are just six things I came out of, uh, I brought out of those books that are actually talking about stuff that's going on right now in the news. Now, Joe, it boggles the mind about where we are in time. And if I were to tell you all of the things that uh, have come true or will be coming true out of those books, uh, people would would not believe me. And and I I hesitate to tell you what I'm about to tell you now, but it's very very important. So we need to pay attention. Where we are in time is all the things that the Father, that the Holy Spirit had shown me, and I put in a fictional storyline. All of those things have come to a crossroad. Some of the the forefront preparation has been done, and they have began to happen. But we're about to see a bunch of those things out of those books come true. And again, Joe, it's not because I'm such a smart guy, because I have my finger on the pulse of you know the latest uh, intelligence briefs, uh, or you know I'm a scientist and I understand the wonders of the and none of that I, I am just telling you via the Holy Spirit that the Father wants to warn us that life as we know it, life as you Joe Hagman and Daniel Holdings know it is about to change forever and we as a people, we as a body we as believers or individuals we need to be prepared for that which is coming because that which is coming, first of all, if you don't know Yeshua, if you don't know Jesus, will be horrific for you. You'll be scared to death. The Word says that in the last days that men's hearts will fail for fear by the things that are coming upon the earth. And that is just the fact. That's just the way it is. For those of you that know the Lord and you're not prepared, and I'm not talking necessarily physical preparedness, I'm talking spiritual preparedness, if you haven't led a life of repentance, if you're not on your face, if you're not doing His Word, if you're not doing what He tells you to do, then then you're going to find a hard time in finding the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that surpasses all understanding that Jesus promised comes with a walk with Him, with a close walk with Him. And coming into these days, 
we will need to walk closer than we ever have before. And that, my friend, is the bottom line. So, I mean, we have, Joe, we have all kinds of places we can start right now. We, we, we have earth changes. And by the way, uh, Stan Neal's a friend of mine. Holly Dale's a friend of mine. Holly said something one time. I, 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 said, I said to her in an email, I said, not to toot my own horn, but this, this, and this happened in my book. And she said, if it's worth a hoot, it's worth a toot. So, so, so I toot my own horn. There you go. Uh, for for a, a point, though. Um, again, audience, it's imperative that you get a hold of those books and that you start reading now. We can ship right away. Uh, the uh, the coupon code is serious. If you get on uh, DanielHoldings.com, you go through the checkout process, you put in the coupon code serious, you'll get 15% off the books individually. If you buy the uh, three packages, uh, you won't get a discount on them, but I will give you the two, if you buy two packages, I will give you the third one for free. So you get, so you can do that to your friends. This is how important this is. You know, we are looking, Joe, at a time that mankind, I dare say, has never seen. Jesus said mm-hmm. that when he come, when he would come back, that it would be as in the days of Noah. Now, I guess that's a good place to start. What 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 was happening during those days? Ask yourself that. What, what was happening? Off the top of your head, Joe, what 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 was the, the the a couple of things that strike you as happening during those days? During which days? I'm sorry, Daniel. Noah's days. Days. Noah's of Noah. days. The um, evil was was abound. You had uh-huh. um, uh the carelessness of the the populations, the turning away from from God, uh, you had the uh, different, you know, what what the Old Testament calls abominations. Uh, you had uh, just a whole number of things that that are very strikingly similar to today's day and age. Um, when it comes to you know people being you know in, in scriptures, it talks about how they were. Uh, it gives a few examples, you know, marrying and giving into marriage, um, eating and drinking, basically uh, painting a picture that the uh, the people who were on earth were all encompassed in their own selfish needs and desires. And, uh, you know, before, before the flood, it also says that people thought nothing but evil continually. Mm-hmm. So there was a... If, if you would, I, what we call today an antichrist spirit that had engulfed um, most, you know, all, but all but eight of the population, and that's Noah and his family. Um, you even had mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed if it wasn't for, uh, you know, the Lord leading uh, them to get lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, there's just, there was a lot going on, but one, the few things we know for sure is that the people were turned away from God and evil. They then, you know, worried about worshiping idols and uh, taking care of their own selfish uh, lusts and needs. You had the uh, children being sacrificed to, to deities and just lawlessness and uh, ungodliness. And you had the the giants uh, 
that were also on the earth. And, you know, things became unsustainable, and uh, God was, was upset with what was going on. And, um, you know, I know people don't like to, to reference the book of Enoch many times, but and there's other ones, uh, other uh, non-canical books that directly deal in great detail with exactly what was going on. Well, you know, Joe, honestly, none of that stuff is going on today. I mean, really, we, we don't sacrifice, you know, children or babies to idols, do we? Well, absolutely we do. Uh, you know, and two two prongs to that answer. One is the whole abortion industry. And just because mm-hmm. there is not a overt idol in the public eye that can be seen um, doesn't mean they don't do it in the name of a false god. Or for you know the uh, satanic sacrifice sacrificing. Then there's an underground of abortion, where it's more satanic ritual abuse type abortion, where they uh, will impregnate uh, sex slaves and other unwilling participants just to uh, deliver the baby to sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. And this is done you know uh, in a satanic ritualistic type of atmosphere. And and that's what, you know, just a few things that we do know about. And, yes, I mean, you look at uh, when it talks about the groves. And one thing that uh, I have not really started to study, but the in the Old Testament it refers, you know, to the idols that were in the groves and how, you know, these groves were made specifically for this idol worship of, of uh, false gods. And... Yeah. Interestingly enough, and I don't want to get it too far off track here, but uh, you know Hollywood is a grove, and there's there's just so many similarities between the the Old Testament and the New Testament in terms of behavior of the people, the idols that they worship and sacrifice things to. In one of the Hillary Clinton emails, it talks Hillary Clinton says how she was going to uh, sacrifice a chicken in her backyard to Moloch, something we see right out of the Old Testament, and. Um. I and, heard that. You know, we have sun worship. Uh, you know, in the days of Noah, you have the worship of, of the sun, uh, the women weeping for Tammuz, uh, which we have today in this New Age movement, in the, the worship of environmentalism and, and uh, evolution. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, well, you know, you, you, you just, you just kind of nailed every part of those things I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's, of course, there is sacrifice. If, if you do not believe that murdering 50 million babies for the sake of convenience is not sacrifice, then I don't know what planet you're living on. This is such a serious affront to the Lord. We, yeah. He weeps over the spilled blood of innocence. He is ticked off, if I could say it that way. He, he is angry. At just that issue alone. Well, and you know, we, <laughs> there's some, and the answer would be saying, well, you know, a woman has the right to choose and blah, blah. It doesn't even matter. I don't care about the political argument. I'm talking about reality. The reality is that if you let that child come to fruition and he was born, he would be alive. But we kill him. So the point is that the Lord's anger burns over that. His anger um, over that sin, will he is love, but that requires judgment. So we'll go there in just a minute. You mentioned uh, giants. 
we don't we don't do anything about giants, right? There's no giants going on right now, is there? I mean, you mentioned giants. Well, uh, I'm assuming you're yeah. referencing Genesis six, but uh, no giants you have the right physical. Now the physical attributes of the giants and then you had the characteristics of um, how they behaved and their nature and a lot of people I've seen and we're, we got about uh, a minute and a half two minutes before the break Daniel so I'll, I'll kind of summarize this and lead us out out of this break but when, when you read the Old Testament scriptures about giants about you know the Nephilim the fallen ones the, the Rephaim and all the different ways they're written, they're talked about in the in the Old Testament. What you have to do is you have to go to the original. What I like to do is go to the original languages and the Greek and the Hebrew, and um, really uh, get a deeper understanding of what those words actually mean. And one of the uh, common, most common uh, things that they all share, attributes they all share, is that they were tyrants. So, well, uh, it's not even that. If you if you look at if you look at the verse, it says, we don't even have to dig that far. It says that they corrupted all flesh. Now, how mm-hmm. are we corrupting all flesh today? If we do not understand that transhumanism and genetic manipulation, which is normal, right? The, <laughs> I believe that chemtrails are probably manipulating our DNA. I believe that the foods we eat are manipulating our DNA. I believe that you know, uh, medicines that we take, pharmaceuticals, are manipulating our DNA. They are corrupting our flesh. They're corrupting God's creation. And that, I can tell you that he's not hes not happy about that either. So there's, there's number two, just like in the days of Noah. And I suppose yeah. after the break we can get back to the question and address some of those other things that were occurring uh, during the days of Noah. Absolutely, and folks uh, who might have joined us late will uh, reiterate this while Daniel's on. He's doing a special for uh, the the bundle of his books, the three books you can get uh, at DanielHoldings.com. He's got, uh, just use coupon code SERIOUS. Now that's his three books, uh, In the Belly of the Beast, As the Darkness Falls, and Between the Veil, again, available at DanielHoldings.com. With a coupon code SERIOUS, it will get you 15% off. This offer is only valid through Daniel's website. You can't uh, do this through Amazon or anywhere else the book is sold. So if you want, and you should grab these books, again, DanielHoldings.com, coupon code SERIOUS. We'll be right back with Daniel Holdings right after this. We're going to continue right where we left off. Stay with us. segment number two on this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, just three weeks away from the election that everybody can't wait for to be over, I imagine, at least if you listen to this show and pay attention to the news in any degree. Uh, November 8th is the date for that election, and there is lots of stuff to talk about pertaining to that, but 
a nice little change of pace tonight. We have author Daniel Holdings joining us, and he has been generous enough to uh, create a special for our listening audience tonight. Folks, if you want to get his books, you can get the package of the three books, and you can find those books on danielholdings.com. You have to order it through his website in order to get the discount, which is a 15% discount by uh, putting in the coupon code Serious. More on that later. Before the break, we were talking about what it was like in the days of Noah, the giants, right, right, and the similarities that we see between that and today's day and age. We were starting to get into. Well, you know, uh, again to reiterate, the disciples were were pressing Jesus and asking, "What, what would be the signs of your coming? When would you come back? Let us know so we we can prepare." Right? They're pressing him. And he said, he said that it would be as in the days of Noah. So we launched this discussion talking about what kind of things are going on in those days. And you mentioned that there was a child sacrifice. We compared that to, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I just had a brain dump. Abortion? <laughs> uh, abortion. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, Joe, just to digress a little bit, that they... Uh, celebrated the uh, Arch of uh, Baal. Um, yes, yes. And, and uh, that's actually what they in, did. In New York, they but actually, in London also. That's right. They sacrificed babies in that temple, and we are celebrating it. So that should should turn all of our stomachs. Uh, but it, but Daniel, about, it's, they're, they're not celebrating it. It's in defiance to the Arch in Palmyra that was destroyed by ISIS. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is the excuse they give us uh, as to why they're doing it. Uh, right. Some but, things are better yeah. left buried, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like history yeah. as, as much as anybody else, but they could have picked something else to, to, you know, to draw on, and they chose that. So, anyway, I suppose it's a separate discussion. The, the second thing that we brought up was uh, giants. You mentioned giants. There were giants in the land, and we began to talk about genetic man- manipulation. If you don't understand, I said... Uh, there is genetic manipulation going on all around us right now. Without sounding like an alarmist, I am telling you that everything virtually that we uh, come across in our daily lives, uh, not everything, all, the, but many of the foods, many of the uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, perhaps even the air that we breathe is designed to change your DNA. And the only reason I bring this up is because that's not your DNA. That's God's DNA. That's his creation. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to put up with that for much longer. He is not going to let us change his creation. You know, Joe, That's along right. with that, there was a report of um, the first baby that was born to three parents just uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, which is mind-boggling to me. Three parents, three sets of DNA makes one baby. Uh, which is not, that's not normal. And uh, we hear scientists in, in labs these days actually openly talking about uh, chimeras and mixing animal DNA with human DNA. Uh, you see all kinds of you know, interesting articles where they are growing human uh, transplant organs in other animals for the sake of transplant. And uh, it's just, uh, it is mind-boggling to see where we're going. They, and the thing is, they, they were very concerned about this a few years ago, and they, they 
they actually began to talk about uh, putting some regulation on it, and they've pretty much thrown all the regulation off and, and said, we're just going to do it. We're going to do what we want to do. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but they they have given all, um, taken all, they've thrown caution to the wind. Uh, and we're going to get into uh, something very important that I think is the gist of everything that's 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 going on right now. But to go back, you said that uh, men's hearts were violent toward each other. They were angry at each other. What do you mean by that? Well, that um, they had hate, disdain in their hearts for each other. Uh, they love not the truth, and they love what only you know what we see today uh just in a much different way as you can imagine from all the different technological advances and gadgets we have they uh were very selfish they were caught up in their own flesh and their own carnal minds to the point where uh, i would liken it to today we see in different neighborhoods uh, whether it's you know a middle class neighborhood or um, whatever the case is for the most part people uh, today are on edge they seem to you know we see these increased incidents of road rage and uh, people tend to hate each other when they don't know one another uh, and that's just the way uh, that people it seems have have advanced if you want to call it that uh, you know we talked about evolution earlier if anything we've been devolving but um, it, I think it's a it's an ego thing, and it has uh, something to do with with people being so caught up with carnal minds, uh, and it's sadly also evident in in Christian circles. And my father talks about this a well, lot. Well, it's but, interesting you know, that you, you you say that because uh, statistically, now audience listen. Okay, I'm a believer, right? And so it's not like I'm talking to you all, not pointing the finger at me. Okay. Statistically, divorce is the same in the church as it is in the world. Uh, the murder rate, the same. The, uh, what do you call it, uh, adultery, the same. Affairs, the same. Um, violence, the same. Uh, the church today as a whole is not necessarily reflective of the church that Christ is supposed to come back for. We, we look like the world, and we need to understand this, because that is because his people are not on their face. They're not, they're not dying to themselves. And, and it is a separate issue, but when you talk about violence on the earth, we are called to be salt and light. And if we can't even maintain our own households, single-parent families, the same. Out-of-wedlock births, uh, the same. If we can't, if we can't even maintain our own lives in a, in a, a godly basis, how in the world can we be salt and light? And again, I'm not pointing the finger at you all. I'm pointing the finger at me as well. This this body, this ecclesia that we are supposed to be, is not what we are supposed to be. And it's time to get serious. And this is part of the reason why we are addressing these things tonight, because, folks. He's coming back, and he's coming back for a bride, a spotless bride. And if 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 we're not living that life right now, are we the? Do we fall into the category of the unwise virgins or the wise virgins? When you take the parable, the the, the ten virgins. 
So this is why we are talking about this. We need to understand what time it is. There's a lot of things going into the reason why these things are happening, but as far as me on an individual basis, you on an individual basis, we need to examine our hearts. Are we any different in the world? Really? We go to church, maybe you don't go to church, but you're a nice person, you're a good person, you tithe, you give, whatever the case may be. What separates us from the world? Honestly. That's a great question. And, you know, for most of us, uh, you know, not much. And I'll even speak for myself at times where, um, with, with certain instances, you know, it, we, we don't have a distinction when, when we should in every, uh, way we behave, think, uh, well, here's a as distinction we that I, go I through cannot life. stand. Here's a distinction I cannot stand, Joe. We wear a badge that says, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. All right? That's, that's a we, it's a self-titlement. I'm a, I'm a Christian, right? We call ourselves that. I'm a Christian. When our lives do not reflect the work of the Holy Spirit in them, they do not reflect God. They do not reflect His Word. But we have a title. I'm a Christian. Right? And the way that we make excuses for the way we act is God loves me. He knows my shortcomings. He knows my heart. He, knows, he loves me. The Word says, yes, He does know your heart and is deceitfully wicked. <laughs> That's what the mm-hmm. word said. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay. How can, back to my question, how can we be salt and light during a time when the world is literally falling apart if we're not on our face before the Lord? If we're not repentant? If we're not talking to Him? Because folks, we can't be. It, it is about to get real. Understand what I'm saying. All of the things that that uh, your guests, Joe, have been talking about for years. All the things that the Watchmen have been talking about for years. You know, many of those things about to come to fruition. And we're just playing the same old tune. We're the same old people. We're not repentant. We're not on our face. We're not keeping His Word. That's and right. I, again, folks, I'm pointing the finger at me, too. The, the things are about to get really, really serious. If there was ever a time for us to be about serious about him, it's it's now. Absolutely, but I it, it has so, to be now. So, so back to back to this idea of uh, men's hearts being violent, right? It, look, if you don't believe me, I, Joe, I saw some ugly news just the other day. There was a woman, and I'm sure you read the same report. There was a woman that uh, she was in a wheelchair. She went to use, uh, she wanted to use the restroom of a, a migrant camp, and she was raped in a wheelchair, disabled, right? Raped. Right. There's a uh, another uh, woman that was beaten, uh, you know, senseless. I don't know if she died or not. Uh, in New York City, and other people were walking by and watching. Um, you know, you have reports like this all over the country. On top of that, you have, you know. Uh, Cops being shot. You have uh, Black Lives Matter doing their protests. You have all of this ugly stuff, even in our own country. Yeah, I mean, and, and the stuff that we've seen today come out. Uh, I, I did um, a report on it. There was a 90-year-old woman in Germany who was raped by a 17-year-old uh, immigrant, and the Oktoberfest. You know, going back a little bit, Oktoberfest saw a dismal amount of attendance compared to years previous because 
of the uh, sexual violence, the groping and, and other sexual violence uh, and assaults and rapes that have been happening not only in Germany but across Europe where we've seen a huge influx of these uh, refugees being brought over uh, as planned into these nations. And one thing that we need to make sure we uh, mention about this is that these people knew exactly, know exactly what they're doing, knew exactly what they were doing, talked about in, infiltrating and invading the West through the immigration process. And we have the leaders like Hillary Clinton, like Obama, that want to continue to bring these unvetted immigrants into this country. And Hillary Clinton, if she gets her way, will increase that, uh, what Obama already did, and you know start bringing in hundreds of thousands a year that are on the books that we know about, not including those who sneak in and are brought in, as it's been shown, the Mexican drug tar- cartels are helping ISIS smuggle people into the southern border. So here we are. And it seems like the immigrants have more rights in this country than the citizens do. Well, you know, when you look back 10 years ago, I mean, it's, it's a stunning change to the world. Honestly, in Europe, in America, in other places, I mean, this this was purposeful. They, they've changed the demographic of whole societies. And they've done it, of course, for political reasons. However, I think what it what it really does is it, it really shows you how true the word is because we are seeing violence on every level increase. I mean, okay, forget the immigrant issue for just a second. Go to Chicago and walk around on the streets. See if you can't find some violence. <laughs> you know, I read an article today that said that uh, they're nominating uh, Michelle Obama for mayor of Chicago. <laughs> Which, you know, it's, it's insane. That even, even in our own country, we're seeing... Uh, a societal change that no one, no one, ten years ago could have could have even figured. The word says that in the last days that men's hearts will wax cold, and that their love for each other will wax cold. That's mm-hmm. what we're seeing, Joe. This is the time yeah. we live in. You know, you mentioned. Uh, I asked you, tongue in cheek. Well, there aren't there aren't giants, are there? There's no giants. Many people think the UFO phenomenon are really Nephilim in disguise. And I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, uh, And yeah. This, this whole phenomenon, this whole UFO phenomenon, is increasing. You've seen sightings and strange phenomenon uh, increasing left and right without explanation. Uh, I, think, I think it's directly tied to that. Yeah, and, when you look uh, at the history of that, um, you know, Roswell being the, I, I guess, the first and most uh, prominent UFO uh, investigation, conspiracy, event, whatever you want to call it, uh, that happened, happened in 1947, the year that Israel was, uh, given nation status again, and the year the United Nations was founded, after the heels of, you know, the most destructive world war in the history, in our history, written history, uh, by war. And we know that uh, you know about the jubilees and the the prophetic timeline that many people believe started then. Twenty years later, you had uh, Israel recapturing Jerusalem in this during the Six Day War, and that is a very important year, 1947, uh, which brought us both you know a, a major prophetic event being fulfilled, that being Israel returning as a nation and the people of Israel returning to that nation, and you had this you know UFO. Uh, or weather balloon crash, whatever story you want to believe. 
So it was a very important year, very important time, and these uh, there there's obviously we have the angels in the spiritual world, and we have demons, and uh, there's a, there's good and there's bad, and people will we know that the uh, demons can disguise and fallen angels can disguise themselves as angels of light. We know that they can deceive um, many, and a way to do that would be to make it appear as though there is another separate race outside of God's creation, and that in itself would they would try to say is you know proof that God didn't create the universe. And they're using this this you know ancient alien theorist and uh, the New Age movement to really push this along to bring it in the forefront. Uh, uh, in people's minds so that it gives another alternative outside of uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for salvation and eternal life. Well, I mean, it's a good point because, okay, here's here's the line that you will hear, uh, and this is actually in my books, in very short order, right, that you you humans came from us, right? We planted your DNA here. Right, we we were the we were the means of you cry, crawling out of the primordial ooze. We planted you here. You're, we're mm-hmm. your creators. You were that's a slave race hear. made to mine gold. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe, what, maybe. I mean, you know, there's been the, movies uh, that, but yeah. But the, the point is that you and I, audience, uh, are are going to hear that lie, and you've been forewarned. You're going to hear it in short order because there's a huge push. If you if you believe the uh, the uh, WikiLeaks uh, emails that talked about uh, uh, what's his name Podesta uh, talking yeah. about disclosure, right? And, and then you you have to understand. And you know, Tom Ward. People need to make the thing. distinction with those emails. Uh, a lot of those are written to Podesta from different people. One being the one of the six astronaut who uh, walked the moon, and he actually is is dead now, uh, and I don't remember his name. I, I I had it at the tip of my tongue here, but there is a lot of you know speculation and and stuff in there that's pretty interesting, uh, and many even are now saying that that's the whole reason the hack was done is to try to you know get the the disclosure about aliens into the light of day. Yeah, well, I, the point is that it's a huge push, and with that, you're going to hear, um, you're going to hear that we came from them. So just just be ready, because uh, it's a lie. It's a lie right out of the pit of hell, and and we need to understand that. I actually talk a little bit about that in my third book. But okay, so let's let's diverge from there for just a second and talk about one last thing that was occurring during the days that actually occurred. At the days of Noah, uh, and that was earth changes. You know, you don't get a flood of that magnitude without earth changes. And uh, something that came out interesting. And, you know, I was I was kind of blown away from this. Um, in I don't know. I think it might have been my second book. I mentioned uh, I think it was written in 2012, and earthquake activity was relatively low during that time. Um, and I wrote something about the Cascadia subduction zone. I didn't even know what that was. Uh, the Lord, you know, brought me to that, and I did some studying and uh, some research, and you know, came up with a storyline. Started talking about the Cascadia subduction zone. I talked about a tsunami, an earthquake that came from 
uh, or tsunami that was generated from earthquake or volcanic activity in the Aleutian Islands, uh, I talked about those things started a chain reaction all down the West Coast. I talked about the New Madrid Fault topping off and splitting the United States in two. Uh, and I talked about a, a, a volcanic activity in El Hero, uh, the, the volcano in the Atlantic causing a tsunami. Uh, and so both those wiped out the United States split in half and lots of people dead. And interestingly enough, Joe, um, those things have come to the forefront in the news since I wrote that book. And there's a very real concern. Just last week, uh, the USGS put a very serious warning out for San Andreas Fault, saying that uh, a, a adjoining fault could, could actually pop off and cause and trigger the San Andreas uh, in a chain reaction. So uh, it was so serious that even the the uh, city of San Bernardino closed their city hall until this timeline went away because they were so concerned about that. So we have uh, a lot of concern about uh, earth changes right now. And I wrote about those things. The audience, this is why you need those books, okay? This is why, because in there, there are nuggets, there's truth that you need to glean, you need to take away from, and that's why I'm making the offer available. That's why I keep harping on this, because time is short, and I, I don't know how long uh, we can continue to, to order them the way we're ordering them. It just, um, you know, if you don't believe me, uh, there's there's this little organization now that was little and, and you know, Joe, relatively unknown. Um, it was called uh, ICON, uh, and uh, some say that it's run by the United Nations. Now they are in charge of the Internet. Uh and I believe with that transfer at the end of last month or beginning of this month to control the Internet that you will see the process by which we do, that we buy and sell, that we do business on the Internet will change as well as the information that gets put out on the Internet uh, will be limited according to the storyline. It hasn't changed yet. It may not change next month. Uh, it probably will change by next year. Uh, but... That's what I mean on it. That time is really short. This is not time to, to be dragging your feet and thinking, well, gee, I always wanted to get those books. No, you need to get them now. Honestly, you need to get them now. So if you go to my website, com, you order the books, you put in the coupon code SERIOUS, it'll give you a 15% discount. That discount's good until November 4th, by the way. So uh, November give 4th, you a, okay. They'll give you a week and a half to get them. Now, we'll if make you, sure if we... You, we promote that further after uh, your appearance here is over. Uh, okay, so sounds terrific. Thank you. And on top of that, what I've done is if you order uh, two packages you know, at full price, I will give you a third package for free. That's so you can give them as gifts, so that you can tell other people what's going on. Because time is short, people, and this is uh, we are almost at the end of this age. Um, now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. the world's going to end. Okay. The end is not nigh as far as that goes. <laughs> I'm not saying the world's ending, but Yeshua called it the end of the age. Right? Joe, we are staring down the barrel of the end of the age. That's what we're looking yes. at, buddy. Yes, we are. And, uh, you know, even if you look in the New Age writings of Alice Bailey, of Helena Blavatsky, and others, um, 
of the more notorious uh, New Age occultic writers, you will see that was one of the main planks of their argument about ushering us into this New Age. I think it's the Age of Aquarius is the one that, that's commented, where they talk about, you know, things are going to be changing to bring about this new world order or this utopia that either has co-opted Christianity to the point that it, it, through an interfaith movement, has turned into one false religion, uh, you know, aligning itself with other religions, and only the true church will be surviving underground, uh, and having a one-world economic religious and political system in place which is the preparations needed for the rolling out of the antichrist and we are definitely uh, we can see the writing on the wall if you want to make a biblical reference to you know what uh, we know about what what happened um throughout babylon with the leaders and and daniel uh is is the book you go to for that where it talks about you know the the writing on the wall it was a techie mano farsi um i don't have it right in front of me but yeah it is on the wall we are in the days of noah and folks in the new testament there are so many places uh that you can read about what it the what was warned about people's actions behaviors uh second timothy chapter three for one as we're just coming up against the break here that know this in the last days perilous times shall come men will be lovers of their own selves covetousness boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truth breakers false accusers incontent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away and there's many more references to these uh, and we see this all around us each and every day. We are living in these times. Folks, you're listening to Daniel Holdings on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We'll be right back with Hour 2 right after this. Stay with us. two of this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We have a uh, fantastic guest, Daniel Holdings. His website, danielholdings.com. You can get his books, a Hagman and Hagman special from Daniel Holdings uh, for his books. Uh, there's three books there. You can go to danielholdings.com, order the books, make sure you use the coupon code SERIOUS. Now, it's only going to work if you order the books through Mr. Holdings website, so make sure you do that if you want to get the 15% discount that he has so generously offered. In the first hour, we started getting into a very uh, interesting line of conversation, and I want to continue right where we right where we left off. We're talking about the days of Noah versus today, the uh, behaviors of the people then versus the similarities we see today. We're talking about uh, a number of things pertaining to the age that we're in as jesus said you know uh, this will be the end of the age when you see all these things taking place and we see so much taking place it's like the uh the the world continues to move at breakneck pace and it's increasing in its intensity people are waking up uh, out of the fog of 
you know, being caught in that mainstream media cable TV uh, world, and as they see their pocketbooks continue to be hurt from, you know, the government actions, the interference and overreaching through regulations into each and every person's life who owns a business, uh, just the ridiculous. I mean, we're at a point now where um, if our founding fathers were around, and I have I've heard this said a lot, that, you know, they would it would be a revolution. But we seem to be stuck as slaves in this system, and this system is a precursor to the New World Order satanic antichrist system to usher in uh, the return of our Savior. Yeah. So uh, that's about it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one last thing on the days of Noah before we move to current events, because I think it's important that we link current events to the days of Noah so that we understand them. So that gives us a, a, a shadow by which to, to look at the, the sundial by. Uh, most people don't know, or maybe they knew and they don't recall, that Nimrod was a contemporary of Noah. Noah was Nimrod's uncle, I think. Uh, so therefore they were alive at the same time. And the interesting thing that happened at the Tower of Babel was uh, this if I could, if I had to put one word on it, I would say hubris. The hubris of mankind was so demonstrated that Elohim, God, had to come down and stop them because he said that mankind could do anything that they put their minds to if they didn't stop, and thereby would it would it would ruin his creation. So therefore, he he stopped them. And he scattered them and, and, you know, diverse language. And then uh, they didn't learn from that. And, uh, you know, he set the flood. So we are seeing uh, a lot of similarities uh, to, to, to these days that we live in now. But the thing that we need to understand is no time has there ever been in man's history that we have the ability to destroy ourselves the way we can now. Um, we are seeing unprecedented moves in technology and uh, militarily that bode very, I don't know, uh, darkly for mankind. Uh, and that's kind of where I wanted to take us during this hour because we just got done talking about all the things that are similar to the days of Noah, as, as Jesus talked about. Uh, in Matthew 24. So let's talk about some pragmatic things. We spent a lot, the first uh, segment, the first two segments being spiritual. So let's be pragmatic. Let's, let's talk about some of those political things that are going on today. Let's do and, it. Uh, they, they actually lead right back to, uh, yes, my books. And it's not one long commercial for my books, but it may be one of the last times that you hear me talk about this. Uh, is that serious? Now, in as, or is it as darkness falls or between the veil, one of the two, I said that NATO, excuse me, that, uh, Turkey, who is a NATO member, the only Muslim, uh, member of NATO, would pull out of NATO and it would be a precursor to World War III. And Joe, because you and your dad, Pay close attention to the uh, the news 
what are we seeing today with regard to Turkey? We're seeing a lot happening um, with Turkey, with NATO. We see the, uh, as we mentioned in the first hour, the intense uh, uh, rhetoric between the U.S. and Russia from threat all-out World War Three. Uh, you know, from the the Syrian conflict that has been going on to, you know, Biden threatening cyber attacks against Russia, which in itself is an act of war, and Turkey is involved as it is the old Ottoman Empire and is uh, a part of of Bible prophecy of the Old Testament and the New Testament and what we're seeing is Turkey is aligning itself with Russia signing um, energy and oil deals with the company and they are uh, abandoning NATO and some say well you know the, the NATO is abandoning Turkey um, and I think Daniel dropped off, so we'll get him right back. But um, there is a lot going on when it comes to this nation and the role it plays in this World War III scenario, uh, showdown versus NATO and the powers of Russia and China, Iran, Syria, and some will lump in there North Korea, even though it's a very rogue nation, uh, it does play some some role in the uh, what we see happening today. Do we have Daniel back? Okay, not yet. And that might be him calling our our studio. Um, but I know Todd is working to get him back, and we'll, we'll get him back real soon. It's interesting sound effects. Yeah, that's coming through. Eric, the tech, just gave me a funny look and asked if that was coming through. Um, no, bear with us a second, folks. We, uh, we'll get Daniel back in just a moment. But yeah, there is, um, a lot going on, uh, between NATO, Turkey, and other, uh, Middle Eastern nations around uh, the, this conflict. And we've seen the de- destabilization of Iraq. We've seen the destabilization of Afghanistan, of Egypt, Libya, uh, and, and many more countries in the Arab Spring. And, you know, Turkey has been involved in this. We have Saudi Arabia and Qatar funding ISIS through, you know, the United, the United States funding ISIS through Saudi Arabia and Qatar. But the question is asked, is Turkey abandoning NATO or is NATO abandoning Turkey? And there well, was a cool attempt. Submit that, I would submit that they, NATO doesn't really want to abandon Turkey because the fact that they're the only Muslim country in NATO, it was a trump card for them. Uh, it still is to some extent. It gives them an anchor in the Muslim world. However, um, as you so clearly pointed out, I mean, they are making some serious moves away from NATO. And in, in my book, I, I wrote that that was a precursor to war. When they left NATO, interestingly enough, to side with Syria. That's what I wrote in my book, and that was years ago. It was three or four or five years ago that it came out. So when you see Turkey... Folks, you need to hear me. When you see Turkey leave NATO and side with Syria, i.e. Russia, who's defending Syria, then you know that it's on. This is why I'm talking to you now. This is how serious it is. This is why I wanted to talk to you tonight. We, you know, I've been on your show before, Joe, and we've talked about all kinds of interesting stuff. Right? Never before have I talked to you about the urgency 
of the things that are going on right now. This is a precursor to war. When you see this, know that war is near. The other thing that we need to talk about is, is of course, Russia making the moves that they're making. You know, uh, they did this uh, audacious uh, flyover from, I, I think it was, they flew over Iceland, they flew uh, on the skirts of the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Scandinavian countries down through, uh, I think even the uh, English Channel before they were intercepted by uh, the RAF, Royal Air Force. Uh, but it was fast. They, these were fast bombers that were doing it. And it was a trial run for what's going on. We see, uh, as far as preparation for nuclear war goes, uh, just last week, they sent, now, Joe, this is mind-boggling, 40 million other Moscowite citizens to nuclear bunkers last week just to make sure they knew where they were and how to get yeah. there and see uh, where. That yeah, one does the, that. The training. That's serious. Yeah, that's a good question, and, and many have speculated as to the uh, uh, reasons behind it. And one thing that I found is that they do in Russia, uh, this was some kind of annual test, and I'm not sure this probably uh, overextended what they normally do uh, in these type of tests and preparations, but this was um, apparently something that's happened before. But, you know, on top of that, even if we just look at this as some kind of drill uh, where they, you know, have some type of preparation or readiness for pre- preparation uh, for nuclear war. Um, the timing was very suspect, and then on top of that, you have these different leaders in Russia, you know, former president, uh, in military generals inside of the Kremlin, who have come right out and stated, you know, that they are preparing for nuclear war. You have different deployments of Russian bombers and submarines. Uh, you know they are definitely on uh, alert, on edge, if you will. Uh, in well, let this me let me just conflict. cut to the let me just cut to the chase, okay? Because uh, we're we're running out of time in the discussion. Again, I want to cover other ground. There was an article that came out today that I think says it all. It was out of uh, all this pipeline, and a Russian insider close to Vladimir Putin said that Russian uh, Russia. A war between Russia and the United States could and most likely will break out before the United States elections. Now, why am I telling you this? To scare you? No. <laughs> no. In, again, I hate to keep beating the source, but audience, you have to hear me. This is why you have to get those books. In my books, and on the air, because I do radio as well, my own shows, uh, I have stated over and over and over again that uh, Barack Hussein Obama is the last president of the United States. That is what I've said uh, publicly, both in my fiction books and publicly on the air. And I, I stick to that, Joe. Whatever they have to do to stop this election, they will do. Or even if there is an election and uh, Trump or Hillary, you know, when it doesn't matter. We are about to see a change to the new world order. And that change does not include the United States. I mean, there will be a shadow of this country left. But it will only be a shadow. The government that you and I uh, know, it won't be the government then. Do I sound like a nut? If you, if you think so, 
just look at the moves that have been made by this administration to usurp the Constitution of the United States. If, in fact, they could kill a sitting chief Supreme Court justice without an autopsy, they can do whatever they want to do. Because the Absolutely. masses will not do anything about it. Yeah, We are and, looking at a change in the fundamental foundation of this country. And if you think for one second, audience, that this election is going to make a difference to their agenda, then you're thinking wrong. Because they will do whatever they have to do to move their agenda forward. They have the seat of power right now. And you can tell me, well, Daniel, we need to pray. God can do what he... Of course, God can do whatever he wants to do. But you know what? Now, this is hard truth, Joe. People people don't like me talking like this. When you no, look at the point, word, it- if I can add, you know, you, you're no matter who wins the election, uh, and let's just for the sake of argument say Donald Trump is is real, what he says he plans on doing if he were to become president, and he has a, a vision to better restore America uh, among you know on American values. Um, you know, we've seen how many presidents have been assassinated, uh, and that's you know outright assassinations, not including mysterious deaths that that can. That can be attributed in different ways. Uh, we know that the Clinton criminal machine and all their cronies uh, work for this, you know, satanic elite. And you're right; they will stop at nothing. And we always uh, seem to look for one person, whether it's a president or whatever, to be our our political savior to put everything, you know, to make everything right. And that will never happen. So, I mean, as you said. Their agenda has been in the works for for centuries, if not millennia, from the Tower of Babel, and they're going to continue to do so uh, and push that agenda, no matter what gets in their way. Well, I mean, here's the thing: what I started to say is that uh, you know we hear this, these these things, and we wring our hands and we become fearful, right? But Jesus Himself said that these things must happen. He outlined in Matthew 24 what life would be like before his coming. And we just spent the first hour talking about the days of Noah. How, how does society look like? How does the world look like the days of Noah? And, you know, we, we sit in America because I'm a veteran. You know, I, I love this country. Uh, and and we, we don't want to let loose of the things that... Uh, are familiar to us, but I am telling you that when Jesus said these things must happen, he has a timetable, and we can pray all we want to. Now, careful that you're not kicking against the ghosts, because what if, in fact, this is what he envisioned when he said that? What if... He knew these things were going to happen, and that's why he said that. And as painful as it sounds for us that live in America, what if America is the only thing that stands between the elite, the powers that be, and the new world order, where you will need a mark to buy and sell? I think that is exactly the case. So, I don't think for a second that... um, this uh, facade of a race. I, I was sitting somewhere the other day, and somebody was saying, oh, Hillary Clinton's up by 
you know, the news said that Hillary Clinton's up by some like eight points or something, twelve points. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop on their conversation. I turned around. And I said, "I'm sorry. I don't mean to eavesdrop." I said, "But there is no way." <laughs> Hillary Clinton's not even showing up to events. She's not even out in public. How could she be up twelve points? It's ridiculous. So whatever they have to do, however they have to lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, they're going to get their agenda moved forward. And, but I don't even think there's going to be election. That's just me. Uh, I think that either war or financial collapse will happen before that. And the two go hand in hand, Joe. When you see war, you see financial collapse because war is designed to cover up financial uh, issues. And if if if, uh, if you don't believe that there are are things simmering, actually boiling on the front burners as far as the financial industry goes. Remember, I was a business guy for a long time in the financial world, right? So this is the kind of thing that I paid attention to. Deutsche Bank has $48 trillion of derivative debt that wraps the world. $48 trillion, right? And everybody's saying, well, you know, the German government, which Deutsche is under because of the German bank, uh, will we'll come in and, and uh, save them, just like the United States saved uh, you know, the United States from the 2008 debacle. Here's the problem. Deutsche's bank derivative debt of $48 trillion outweighs their measly GDP of $7 trillion. So there's no way that Germany can even uh, uh, fix this. They can't fix it. Right, they, they, you can only kick that can down the road so long, and they kicked it as far as they can kick it. Yep. Excuse me. This this contagion will wrap the world. You will see, and I again, audience, I'm just telling you, this is why you need to get those books. I wrote these things in those books. This is what the war gave me years ago. You will see the euro collapse. The euro collapsing within short order will cause problems in the United States. You will see the dollar collapse. You will see uh, the yen collapse in um, uh, Japan. You will see China's currency collapse. Yes, even though they have gold, you're going to see China's currency collapse because they have a whole different problem going on there. Actually, it's more of the same. It's greed and stuff, but uh, they're going to collapse as well. And Russia's not doing so well. In fact, I even read just the other day that Saudi Arabia's economy is hurting really bad. And they're worried about the kingdom. The banks. I saw that too, yeah. And I I was, that caught me unawares. I had no idea. So you're, you're about to see the world's financial systems, which is all interconnected, collapse. So what would you see first? The collapse or, I think you probably see both. One goes with the other. Yeah, they do, and um, you know, I guess it, you know we've heard we've had economists on in the last few weeks talk about, uh, well, we'll say Trump does win the presidency by some miracle of you know with all the uh, election rigging and and you know Soros owned voting machines. Let's say he gets in. The, there have been talks that they will crash the stock market in the U.S. economy in order to you know to destroy his presidency. And then there's talk that if Hillary Clinton wins the election, that that, that means imminent war with Russia. Yeah. 
Well, so they're both on the table. I mean, and they've been on the table regardless of who gets into office. And, you know, you have to ask the question, kind of like the uh, people who have come out and accused Trump of sexual misconduct that have known him, you know, for 30 years and worked with him on, you know, never said a word until conveniently, you know, a few weeks before the election, then they all decide to come out, and then you find out that there's holes in their stories, and some of them work for the Clinton Foundation, and they're on the payroll. We learn that they come out and intentionally tried to create violence in these Trump campaigns, and I don't want to, you know, continue to go off on that here, but... Um, well, Joe, it's, it's all politics, honestly. I mean... Yeah. Look, if Dirty I had politics. a choice, I'd, I'd probably pick Trump, right? If I had a choice, but I... I I think... <laughs> okay, look, I'll make everybody mad. That's what Let's I'm here for. A little, a little dose of truth will make you mad. You know, there are plenty of pictures where Trump and the Clintons were elbowing each other. Trump was oh, a yeah. Democrat he was not at too long ago. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. At, he was a Democrat not too long ago. They know all the same people. They're cut from the same cloth. Now it's true that Trump is saying some things that I like, right? Actually, a lot of things I like. But the fact is, he made his money in real estate and casinos. Okay, is this a man of high moral standing? Don't get me wrong. I think he's shrewd and he's smart, right? I, I, you know, I think I think he knows what. The, I'm a business guy. I can appreciate his business sense, right? I would mm-hmm. hope that that business sense would bring the country back around, right? But the fact is, as a as a person, he's no different than the rest of them. I hate to say that. So okay, you got Clinton, who's a mafioso, right? <laughs> and all the she's a Clinton Easton, all the all the baggage that she has, the fact that and I read you're just, giving a uh, bad name to the mafia, you know, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just read the, the uh, something that said uh, that uh, she actually, according to the uh, somebody in justice, said that uh, you know she would be disqualified for federal service, so she couldn't even run for the presidency. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not stopping mm-hmm. them. <laughs> that, that's not no. the truth. Let the truth get away. The, fa- the facts get away of. And if I can inter- interject this point, uh, one thing that is so abundantly clear from the Podesta email uh, leaks and everything that is inside those uh, is that you see all them talking constantly about how they're going to raise money and the different donors and speeches they're going to give and how they're going to spin different scandals. Not once in any of those emails do you see them talking about how they're going to help the American people, how they plan to turn the economy around, how they plan to you know, make better international relationships with these other countries. I mean, there is nothing in those emails that indicate in any way whatsoever they want to do anything or even one thing uh, that will benefit America and its citizens in a positive way. And I think that is one of the more striking things that is not talked about when it comes to the, the email uh, leaks. Well, but but again, we were talking about, uh, you know, that fact that they're cut from the same cloth. Donald Trump has not come out and said that he wants to do away with the NSA or the, their, their spy. I saw every day that half of all people are in the facial recognition software already. He doesn't want yeah, to do, with any yeah. of that, do away with any of that. He wants to keep all that, and he wants to build the wall. In my, uh, you know, in my research, what I find over history is that walls keep people in; they don't keep people out. You remember something called the Berlin Wall? Well, you're a little young, but something called the Berlin Wall that kept people in. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's about good thing, right? He, he wants all that technology uh, for security's sake. He's come out and said that. 
Okay, so you're going to get there faster. You're going to get there slower, right? But I think it's I think the system is compromised, Joe. That see, it's hard for me. And don't get me wrong, I was a lifelong Republican, right? I was a business guy. I mean, I I was a Republican. I ran for a Republican office, right? So it's not like I, I'm I'm a what do you call it, uh, you know, a, a libertarian that doesn't want to talk. No, I, I'm telling you, I, I've had a history. And the point is that when I look at what's going on compared to the Bible, that's what we're talking about. Right? So we're talking about today's events compared to the Bible, as in the days of Noah. They are cut from the same cloth. And what we are going to see with either one of them, either faster or slower, we are going to see that end-time system. Yeah, you're right. And Daniel, we're up against our our uh, last break in this interview. When we come back, we will uh, make sure that we um, hit on any key points that we did not uh, since you've been on, and we will close it out strong, folks. You're listening to the Hagman and Han- Hagman Report with Daniel Holdings as our guest. His website, DanielHoldings.com. Get the package, his three-book special, with a 15% discount using the coupon code Sirius. You have to do this through his website, DanielHoldings.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're in our last segment with author Daniel Holdings, a good friend of the show, been on several times in the past, on tonight to talk about his books as he has written a series of, of fiction books, but they're not really fiction. As the Lord has led him to, re- to write them, uh, they are written about the days we live in and about the times ahead, and much of a lot of the things he has said in in his books um we have seen come to pass and then we're talking about more of what is written in his books that we are watching unfold right now daniel we got this last segment i'm going to turn it over to you and i want you to uh make sure you 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 hit the points you want to hit and get to where you want want to go in this interview tonight and i'll be uh sitting here ready to jump in any any time well, thanks, Joe, and it's uh, it's good to be with you, brother. I, you know, I I, I talk about these things, and um, you have to understand how I, I I think or I feel, I should say, when I begin to talk about them. Because on one one hand, you know, the Bible says that the prophets of old yearn, long to see these days, because they wanted to know that they were talking, uh, saying the things that God wanted them to say but the things that they were saying were true. So when I see some of these things come to pass, and they, they happen out of my books, I, and I said earlier that I'm along with, you know, with the rest of the audience uh, on this ride and seeing these, these things come true. So I feel a, a sense of accomplishment in that, yes, I heard, and yes, I'm doing what he told me to do, but at the same time, Joe, my heart is so heavy because I know what's coming. I, I've seen it. I, I've, I've literally seen it. I've seen dreams and visions. I've seen it. And I, I put these things in these books so that, in, in a story form that, so that people could digest them. And that's why, audience, if, 
if you have a family member or a friend or a, you know coworker that's kind of on the fence and they 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 kind of you know believe the Bible but they're not really sure and they're kind of living for the world or you know they don't really get all the things that you're talking about. Uh, you need to get them these books. And that that's that's why because. They, they will read them. They will be sucked into the story. And I'm told that they're good. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm a great writer. No, that's not the, that's not what I, you know, that's not me. But the point is that I, I've been told that it's a good read. It's an exciting read. It'll keep your attention. And along the way, they're going to learn something. The very same things that you audience believe, because you listen to the show. And I know that my friends, Doug and Joe Hagman, they talk about these very same things. So, this is a great way to reach out, you know, to, to people that you work with, to family members or friends in order to get them on board with truth because that's what those books are about. They're about truth. That's what that serious discount is all about. You go in there, type in serious, S-E-R-I-O-U-S. Uh, when you check out, it'll give you a 15% discount. And if you wanted to give away the package uh, as gifts, then uh, for every two you buy, I will give you a free one. You wouldn't pay for my full price. So, uh, please, do that. Do that for your friends. Do that for your family, uh, because time is really short. You know, Joe, with this last portion, I, I wanted to talk about how life is about to change. See, we need to understand this. You, you have uh, a lot of people that come on here, our friend Steve Well, as an example, that talk about preparation, to do those things to prepare, right, to physically prepare. And, and all that's great advice, Okay. But when I say that you will not recognize the world in a very short time, I am dead serious. Everything that you thought you knew is is about to change. Um, the way you, and you all talked about this a lot, the way you get your groceries, if you can, you can go to Kroger or Walmart to get your groceries, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. So yes. You need to store up food, food and water to prepare for that. But what are you going to do when you see people hurting? What are you going to do when you see people dying? What are you going to do when you see mushroom clouds? What are you, what are you going to do? How are you going to live during that time? You see, that's really what I want to get to right now. I've laid out a bunch of stuff out of, the, out of my books for you tonight. But the point is, how do we live during a time like that? More importantly, how do we be effective during a time like that? Because we are called, Joe, to be salt and light to a dying world. And I spent some time earlier talking about what it takes to prepare for that time, spiritually, emotionally. You know, the word says that he who loves his life will lose it. And he who loves, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Paul said to be absent in body is present with the Lord. That doesn't mean I'm going to lay down. No. I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to protect my belongings. I'm going to protect myself. But in the end, death doesn't win. And if, if we are so afraid of losing our lives or losing our stuff, you are going to be ineffective 
in dealing with the life, the, the, the physical life that we have after things change. Because you're not going to want to uh, interact with people. You're not going to want to share the gospel with people when they need it the most. You're not going to want to do those things because you're so concerned about your own stuff, your own lives, right? But I would remind you that in the wilderness, right, the Hebrews trusted the Lord for their manna. And it was only given to them on every morning. They, they only received it once a day. They couldn't save it overnight except on the Sabbath. He provided every day. I'm not saying don't prepare. What I am saying is that you need to make sure your heart is right. If you think that you can survive through what's coming on your own, by yourself, without the help of the Lord, then you're wrong. I hate to tell you, you're wrong. If you think that you can survive without the help of others, then you're wrong. You will need to be part of a community, part of people. I'm not, I'm not saying the cities. You need to get out of this thing. You need, to, you need to get away from You have to have an escape plan. You've got to have a go bag. All that stuff is good advice. You don't want to be there when the proverbial doo-doo hits the fan. What I'm talking about is being able to live after all of it falls apart. Because we're right there, folks. You need to understand. When war breaks out and we have people invading this country, and we will, I've seen it. We will. You've had people on the show, Joe, that talked about uh, other countries invading us. Then you're going to need other people to stand with. When the disasters come, you're going to need other people to help. In that time, we can be salt and light, but your heart has to be right, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of pain. We are all about to lose so, I hate to tell you, you're not getting out of this scot-free. Even those people that, that have the money to, you know, buy the the bunkers with all the food that they can have, they're not getting out scot-free. What is coming is a, a change of amazing proportions. And you can't be ready for it if you're not ready, if you're not right with the Lord. That's right. All the physical preparations, you can have 10 years worth of storable food, a bunker, a lifetime supply of, of water and first aid supplies, and any and everything you can think of, guns, ammunition, uh, you know, drones, whatever. It means nothing without the spiritual preparation. Because what good will you be to God's kingdom in that time of tribulation when the Christians are being persecuted all across the world and killed for their beliefs. And what good, I mean, what's all that, what will it be worth for you to stay alive in seclusion without the Lord? You're just delaying the inevitable even more. We are called to be salt and light. I'm not saying don't do those things. What I'm telling you to do is be salt and light. Be salt and light in spite of what's coming. So, what can we expect? What's coming? I think that um, we will see war within the next couple of months. I think that uh, the inevitable 
financial collapse will begin. I don't know how long it will take. It's been kind of a slow motion collapse because it's been ongoing. Despite what the stock market is saying, things are not right. That's fake money. It's money pumped into the stock market by the Fed. So I think we're going to see that. I think you're going to see uh, this this violence that you mentioned earlier, this uh, love blacks and cold that we were talking about. Uh, yeah, and, and if, I, if I can ask you one question, you mentioned the violence. We talked about the potential for world war and economic collapse uh, directly related to this election. Um, if I could get your take on this, you know, with this divide in the country for the two candidates in this election, do you think there will be, uh, let's say Trump wins, uh, do you think there would be riots from Democrats and other people and vice versa if, if uh, Hillary Clinton wins? Do you think we will see civil unrest from Trump supporters? Because a lot of people are speculating that that very well could be the case. Because the the how emotionally emotionally invested people are in this election, I need to be very careful on how I answer this. <clears throat> and audience, hear me, okay? I'm not calling for this, and the Hagman report is not calling for this. But I will tell you this, Joe: there will be civil war. You will see brother against brother. This civil war coming, and if it's the whether it be the election starting it or other issues, you will see the United States fragmented, and you will see civil war. So, uh, is it is it the the election that starts that? It could be. I mean, they've been they've been fomenting civil unrest, and, and you and I both know that it's it's uh, you know uh, Soros funding Black Lives Matter as uh, other information has come out uh, fomenting civil unrest, but. Uh, you know, there's, and, you know, there have been prophets that it saw, and I think it was, uh, ah, what is his name? Dimitri Dugan that saw, uh, or it could have been John Paul Jackson, uh, civil unrest starting in the center of the country, then spreading out to the coast, and then all over the, the United States. Uh, we saw the first unrest in Ferguson, Missouri, which is the center of the country, it went to, uh, went to Oakland, and it went to someplace out on the East Coast. Uh, and we have seen it down in Dallas now and other parts of the country, and you're going to see that just uh, catch fire. So you're going to see an increase in civil unrest. This is why I say when things really get bad, you don't want to be in those cities. They're going to be ugly. Um, but uh, along with that, you're going to see war within the United States, civil war within the United States, and I have seen that. Uh, you're going to see... Uh, Invaders, you're going to see, and I, I all these things I've written in my books. Audience, that's why you have to get them. You have, to, if you want to know what's going to go on, you got to read those books. Honestly, you just got it. Uh, the other thing that you're going to see is you, you're going to see uh, other countries invading this country, and people aren't even going to know how to deal with them because Americans are conditioned, right? They don't realize that. If you see Russian troops on American soil in Montana, it's a bad thing. Okay, that's not normal. They're not here to be your friend. This is what you're going to see. Um, you're going to see uh, Islamic um, 
it won't be terrorism, and it'll just be violence here in the United States. Yeah, you're going to see people dying. I uh, I fear that 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 will be the case. That there will be turmoil, uh, regardless of who wins from you know backlash uh, from the people. This is the world that we are staring down the barrel at, and this is and again if 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 what I think is about to happen happens, um, this is not going to take forever to start. This is not way in the future. I think we are seeing the very beginnings of that now. And again, I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you what I see in the news. All the things that I saw leading up to these things, I see now in the news. Uh, so that being the case, the way that you conduct your daily business, you think you can go to work tomorrow and do your 9-to-5 job on a day like during this time? You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Don't be any work to, to do that. Yeah, I just read uh, something in the news today that said both the Fed and uh, the Bank of Scotland said that uh, they would be okay with inflation. They want they want inflation to start running so that uh, they they could cause growth. Well, we'll figure they think inflation is going to cause growth. Uh, but your 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 currency is going to be worth less. Not totally worth less, maybe eventually, but it'll be worth less and less. You're not going to be able to, to get what you need for your family. This is what right. preparation comes in. And we, we've seen this already. The Since the Federal Reserve's inception in 1913, the U.S. dollar has lost 98% of its value up till today. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's also one of the longest-running fiat currencies in history, right? They can't keep going the way it is, and they know that. That's why they're, they're about to flip the differences. But before they flip to their different system, they're going to kill this system. Remember what the mantra of the New World Order is, right? Order out of chaos. They have to create mm-hmm. that chaos. Everything we just talked about is that chaos. What What is about to happen is, I don't know how else to put it, it's ugly. But you can't have peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of that ugliness. But you got to do that now on this side. Okay. You know, when, <laughs> I, I love this. People always say to me, well, you know, when it gets bad, God will take care of me. I, I'll just trust him to take care of me. My my answer to them is always this, Joe. Do you trust him now to take care of you? Well, yeah, 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 I do. Wait a minute. Well, no, no, wait a minute. You go out and you make your money and you buy the car you want. You live where you want. You do what you want, and yet you say God takes care of you. You buy you groceries, you buy health insurance. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Have you asked him lately? Should you be at that job? Right? Should you live in where you're living? Right? Should you be with the person that you're with? Right? Have you asked them? Have you laid down your life and said, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do at the cost of my own wishes? We don't live like that. And that's the no, life that you're going to have to live when all this stuff goes wrong. So if you say that God will take care of me then, my answer is, does he take care of you now like that? Is that how you live? Buddy, you know, I I, I have uh, degrees. I, 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 can, I told you I was in the financial game for a long time. I could do all kinds of stuff, right? I don't do those things now. Because I did just what I told you. Right? I laid down my life and I said, Lord, I want what you want. I write books. Right? I have a little part-time job. Right? I, I, I could choose to have lots of money. 
I choose not to because I choose Jesus. So are you choosing Jesus or are you choosing stuff? you got to get over the stuff, folks, because the stuff's going by the wayside really, really fast. Your flat screen TV, when war breaks out, it's not going to matter Hill of Beans, especially if you don't have any power. But what do we gravitate to? We gravitate to all that stuff. Now is the time to prepare your hearts for what's coming. And yes, physical preparation. Do that. I'm not telling you not to do that. Buy some gold and silver. You need to do those things. But I'm telling you, <laughs> you better prepare your hearts because it's going to get ugly. If you want to know how ugly and you want to know when, I'm sorry, it's not like a commercial. I don't mean to. Buy the book because the timeline is in there. So here's, here's the problem, Joe. I keep, I keep telling people this. They don't have a lot of time, right? they got to buy those books and start reading so they understand. I don't even understand the stuff that's coming true out of those books. I'm flabbergasted every time I see something. So you need to do it now. You need to do it now. And that's just not a pitch. I wish I could give them to you. I can't. i got to pay for them. But now's the time to do it. DanielHolies.com and put in the serious coupon code and you get a 15% discount. If you if you buy um, two packages, I'll give you another, at full price, I'll give you another package for free. So you can give it to your friends. But do it quickly, folks. Don't be messing around. Honestly, please hear me. There's not, there's not a lot of time left. There's not. That's right. Joe, you know, I, I so much appreciate you and your dad. You guys are on the front lines to all this stuff. I mean, I know you guys take a... You take abuse, you take a beating on a regular basis. Uh, I, I so much appreciate you and your dad for all the stuff that you guys do. Um, you guys are really a, a megaphone, a speaker, a loudspeaker for uh, the truth, really. And I, I, I so much appreciate you guys. Well, we appreciate you. I want to thank you for that. And we appreciate the work you do, too. And, uh, you know, one thing that you, you talked about, uh, that I think is important for the audience to understand and make a distinction. You did not write uh, these books for the sole purpose of writing books. And, you know, I've, I've been over the last three, four years, I've been contemplating writing a book myself. But just like what you said, uh, the Lord has not said, you know, Joe, I want, I, this is my plan. If you're going to write a book, this is what it's going to be about. This is, you know, what I wanted uh, the content to be and until that time I see no purpose in writing a book it's all I don't want to compare it to fasting but we're not supposed to just fast for the sake of fasting we're supposed to fast and honor the Lord while we do it and do it for for not only our own purposes but to show the Lord that we you know that we do love him, that we want to grow further with him and, and uh, strengthen our relationship. And uh, beyond that, there are, you know, other reasons people fast that are, uh, you know, important. Fasting for, uh, fasting and praying. Uh, fasting for uh, making sure your your prayer is heard for an important issue for th- uh, for people who are going through hard times. Um, we're well, not to I, fast you know, just for the sake of fasting. It's it's a really good point. Two points you bring up, and uh, folks, you know, I talk about getting close with the Lord and getting on your face and repenting. I'm going to tell you now: you need to fast. You need to fast for the right reasons. 
right? Either fasting is a way to uh, setting yourself aside and, and giving up those things like eating. <laughs> uh, that it actually, I, I don't know why it works, but it does work. But Joe's right, you have to do it with the right reasons. If, if, uh, if you want to get close to the Lord, you need to fast. You need to fast now, right? You need to stop messing around. Don't put it off. You're going to do it. But do it for for the right reasons and with the right heart. With regard to writing, um, it is brutal, buddy. I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Honestly, it took. Well, let me let me let me qualify that. When I my first book, um, I wrote my first. But most people don't know this. I wrote my first book in about two and a half weeks. It was uh, one hundred fifty thousand words in two and a half weeks. It took me another I don't know six or seven months because I'd never written before to make it readable, to make it right, right? But all the basic storyline, the Lord just did a download on me. And I didn't know, I had people calling me and asking me if I want to do, you know, physics experiments with them. They thought I was a physicist because that book deals a lot with uh, the Large Hadron Collider and CERN and stuff like that. And I didn't know anything. I just wrote what the Father had me write. <laughs> and I had people write it. And so, but it was the Lord. It was, guys, it was at a point where I came to the end of myself and that's where that book came out of. I just walked away from everything, and that's where that book came out of. Uh, and then the, the next book was uh, more of the same. It was. It took a little longer to write that book, but it was Lord just showing me things, and my mind just exploding with all this stuff that was going on, and I had to write it down. I, I remember talking to the Lord during that process. I said, God, they never believed me. He'd say, write it down, write it down. So that's how those books mm-hmm. came about. And it was it was uh, it was an amazing time. I have people that that want me to to write another one, write a fourth one, and a fifth one, and and I can't, I won't until the Lord directs me. It isn't directed yet. Uh, there are lots of things that I want to say, but um, I haven't been given permission to say them. So I'll just, you know, when it comes to my writing, I'm keeping to myself for now. Uh, I I have the next book, you know, started in a good ways in. But I can't. I can't release them for this time. There may never be time, Joe. Honestly, and maybe that's part of the reason I'm dragging my feet because I think time is so short. How we how we publish now, how we transact business, it's um, it's changing, and that's that's all I have to say is that things are, folks. Things are changing. You need to be you need to be ready for the change that's coming because it, it's going to be huge. You're absolutely right, Daniel. You have taken us to the end of our two-hour interview. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us tonight to share the insights that the Lord has shown you and and led you to uh, further look into and and, uh, to write about and for sharing those things that, you know, uh, in your books that have come true, Uh, even though your book is a a fiction per se, it uh, still is very important, deals with all the important current events through the lens of, of Bible prophecy. And as we talked about in the last segment, there are things that are um, unfolding right now, which Daniel wrote about in his book a few years ago, that um, looks like they're going to also uh, you know, unfold just the way that he talked about. And it's very important um, you know, when men are hearing from the Lord, their Savior, and are sharing that information with those of us out there, that we pay attention because the Lord works through his, his servants, through his body and, and, uh, we need to stick together and we need to be of one mind under 
the Lord. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. We'll continue to promote that special. Again, DanielHoldings.com. Go to his website. 50% discount with the code Sirius. You have a great night, Daniel, and I look forward to having you on again. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for the time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Up next, Mr. Standeo from Standeo.com. After a week he had off, he's coming back right after this. back, ladies and gentlemen, to this final hour on this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. And each and every Tuesday in the last hour, we are joined by Standeo, the real Indiana Jones. His website is standeo.com, and we are going to talk about a number of important uh, issues that he has found, his uh, in investigations and research, where that's led him as well as some other things that we've seen in the news related to uh, well, one, solar flares. I don't know if that's where he wants to start, but there's some stuff going on from the president signing an executive order coordinating efforts to prepare the nation for space weather events, as well as warnings about potential EM catastrophic EMPs that would be damaging to our power grid. We have the conflicts that are continuing in the Middle East, um, the WikiLeaks, and the 2016 election, and much more. Stan, it's great to have you back on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Good to be back. Uh, had an interesting last week. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that as we uh, get into the show. Explain why I played hooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were off last week. Uh, probably a much needed break, and hopefully you uh, got whatever you needed to get done, or uh, did whatever you needed to do, and enjoyed the time. Um, we got a lot going on. Um, a whole yeah, lot going on. I guess it's uh, what you want to talk about and where you want to go. Well, um, let's see here. I suppose uh, WikiLeaks, uh, you know, Julian Assange is probably pretty much in the news everywhere at the moment. Uh, you've no doubt addressed that a bit earlier in the show. Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, yesterday we, we did a whole show, or most of our show, on the uh, releases by WikiLeaks from the Podesta emails to the Hillary Clinton paid speeches to uh, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe release, and uh, a number of different issues inside Hillary Clinton's corrupt criminal campaign, and it is just mind-boggling and sad to see that you know not most of this won't see the light of day in the mainstream media. Yet the, uh, from what I can gather, John Kerry and the Clinton campaign and the influence she has has reached out to the Ecuadorian government as well as countries that are neighbors of Ecuador to put pressure on them to uh, allow them to come in and arrest Assange. They've cut his Internet off. Um, and well, this whole thing is just going internet. Yeah, go way out of control. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in <laughs> one of those moods today. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Let's have some fun. Now, well, what do you, you make know, of all this? Everything is so dark, you know. I mean, you got to laugh a bit. Goodness gracious. 
Yes, absolutely. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry uh, or go crazy. I know. It's it's just really bad, bad, bad everywhere out there. You know, um, one of the things I've, I've, I've been getting a lot of emails, so it's Holly, people saying, hey, look, the, he's dumped the whole lot. You know, Assange just dumped the WikiLeaks, the, the whole thing out there, and it was like a Hail Mary type thing. But, you know, I went to those links and various things. I couldn't find the details of, of any of it to download, really, other than some kind of a search engine and stuff. And so I've, I've written that off as kind of, you know, misinformation at the moment. But one of the things I did find interesting, that when you look at Assange's history, I mean, back in, well, what, 2010 or so, we had Republicans like, uh, you know, Sarah Palin saying, this guy, you know, he's got blood on his hands, he's identified U.S. assets and agents, which he had done. You know, WikiLeaks did, did, did uh, finger a lot of our overseas agents and their locations. Now, we get to now, and the Republicans, I mean, even Pence, you know, is coming out saying, you know, we ought to give him a place in the new administration. You know, he's been that helpful with us, whether tongue-in-cheek or not, you know, is kind of what he said. Um, and other Republicans are now kind of reversing their stance, thinking, well, he's helping our guy get in. But you got to wonder, I mean, Assange is, is looking to get a pardon, and he doesn't need to get a pardon right now anyway, because there's no uh, active uh, or proposed prosecution of Assange by the U.S. government officially. But of course, if he did come here after the elections and uh, Trump won, I'm sure that uh, Assange would uh, be pushing for, okay, give me a little a little protection, a little bit of immunity from not only the United States, but other countries pulling me out of here because, you know, I helped you guys get in office. But he's notorious for mainly being a left, you know, leaning individual and doing things that would hurt the U.S. government and our assets overseas. So it's a really weird, strange bedfellow type scenario we're looking at here. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, you know, okay, if he gets Trump in, uh, that's fine. But the aftermath, you got to wonder, is he going to continue then, after he gets some kind of a part like that, continue hurting our overseas assets and allies? I suppose if he did at that point in time, there could be a new prosecution brought to bear against him. But uh, it's just really weird. I mean, it's like uh, having Satan saying, you know, look, I'll, I'll give you a secret here so that you can get a pass into the early gates, you know. But when I get uh, there, I want you to support me. It's really kind of weird yeah. like that, isn't it? Well, yeah, we had a caller last night. Uh, I believe her name was Karen, uh, one of the first callers we took in, in a while. And she asked us about Assange and his motives and stated that, you know, he was a, a child of MK Ultra. He has, you know, a, a shady past and that, you know, is there ulterior motives, uh, that we see with Assange and, um, you know, what, what do we make of it? And from what I understand, he has, th- the, there's 30,000 more emails to go that have still been unreleased that WikiLeaks are uh, saying that they have and are going to continue to release, you know, a certain amount, how many thousand each day until, you know, the election, before the election. And from what I understand, though, that he's not the only one that has those files. And certain encryption keys have been given out um, on Twitter and other um, uh, social media networks. Uh, that were thought to be the keys to some of these locked files, and that was supposed to be his insurance. If anything happened to him, he released some files earlier in the summer without the uh, keys that nobody has been able to, to get into, or at least if they have, they haven't shared those publicly. Um, they kind of it's like a dead man switch, apparently. 
Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if if they were to take him out tonight, you know, we never heard from him again. I think a lot of that information would still come out whether he was around or not. But what is yeah, his intention? Yeah, interesting Ecuadorian embassy where where he's been staying in, in London for what the last uh, four years, I guess, nearly four. You know, uh, they they've now kind of officially closed his internet access. So as long as he's their guest in their embassy in London, there he can't uh, communicate over the internet. Now, you know, the Ecuadorians say that look, this is purely a, a decision that we made based on our. Uh, efforts to not enter into political uh, debates or you know elections inter- internationally, and since he's our guest here doing this, we it's against our normal policy. We're going to cut off his internet access, and they only kind of remembered this after <laughs> four years and after the last what, four or five months where he's been dumping stuff out the door. And you come to find out that uh, our State Department has been uh, pushing on neighboring countries to Ecuador. We don't know what they've actually brought to bear, but they've been pushing on Ecuador um, indirectly, shall we say, so that uh, Ecuador is now forced into this position to cut off his access, but not not necessarily kick him out in the street, you know, where he'd be fair game at that point. Um, it's such, a, such an incredible uh, rock and a hard place situation. I mean, I just uh, anyway, as you say, it's a dead man switch, and uh, I've put up three or four links to articles relating to that. Um, I mean, even Ron Paul, who's kind of a quasi quasi Republican, you know, on the right side of the spectrum, uh, you know, defends uh, you know Assange's right to you know release this information. It's, you know, it's. So when you've got that situation happening with the, the right even supporting him, uh, you got to wonder who's behind all this, what, what's the motive. Um, I'm sure that if our agencies had wanted to disappear the guy in a manner that wouldn't make ripples everywhere, they could have found a way to do it. I mean, he could have had food poisoning, he could have you know, gotten cancer. I mean, the number of ways that they could have disappeared him uh, without leaving fingerprints. But um, anyway, it is what it is. We'll see how this affects the election. Uh, it is interesting, though, to see some of the emails uh, about uh, the Clintons and what they've been involved in. It's uh, <laughs> for those people that had never heard about this kind of stuff, it must be a real shocker to read that. Uh, yeah, and, and let me ask you this, Dan. I haven't watched any, you know, mainstream media except for a clip here or a clip there. Um, how much of this do you think is one being uh, given to the viewers of the mainstream media, and two, uh, do you think it even makes a difference for those who support Hillary Clinton? You know, I guess it really depends upon the motive for those that are supporting Hillary. You know, if it's just this diehard loyalty, regardless, you know, our leader is correct, that kind of stuff. Um, we have talked to some of these people, and mainly they are saying they like certain policies, like toward women or toward education or whatever, and or abortion, you know, the Roe v. Wade thing. You know, since Roe v. Wade has been passed, Holly was telling me today there's been 60 million abortions in America since then. 60 million people have been killed. 64 million, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, you know, back to the issue. Why support Hillary? You know, it's people with a very narrow vision on what they want, you know, in their own personal lives, what they're happy to see. And this candidate, you know, Hillary, uh, puts that forward in a strong campaign, and so that's why they're sticking to it, because it's personal interest. They don't look at the broader picture. And you'll find a lot of the Democratic voters are that way. They're in the give me 
income? Are you going to lower my taxes? You know, um, regardless of what it does to other people, somebody's got to pay the bill for this stuff. Are you going to give me free education, you know, 100 grand worth of education? Well, who's going to pay it? I don't care. She said she's going to give it to me. I'll vote for her. So that, I think that's where we're, we're seeing this uh, come from. Oh, Holly just handed me a note here. Apparently this is just coming over the news now. Right. Obama's half-brother from Kenya is a strong Donald Trump, Trump supporter. supporter. Yep. Yeah, did and you see that? Speaking, I believe he's going to be speaking at a Trump rally, if I am not mistaken. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, for sure yet, but yeah. Um, that's what they're saying. Yeah, they're special to, uh, uh, guest there. Boy, that ought to take the wind out of her sails, hey. You know, uh, I, I, from, and just to, to give you a, a, a brief rundown of how I see the election, obviously the, the, uh, propag- Zbigniew Brzezinski wrote a book back in the 50s about totalitarianism, autocracy, and authoritarianism. And in there, there's different chapters uh, that compare the communist and Nazi regimes and um, the different, you know, ways that they work the the systems of government inside their countries and change them to uh, bring about, you know, these terrible leaderships. And and one was propaganda and terror. And when we see such a close alliance between all of the mainstream media and the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh, it's basically like the Hillary Clinton camp. The, the uh, news is the propaganda arm for the Hillary Clinton campaign, and we see just you know all this stuff that uh, this backroom deals, the pay-to-play schemes, everything that's been in the emails has come out shows not only that there was intent with the emails, but the the deep criminality and, and uh, you know what they do selling U.S. secrets and, and access. For money, but one thing, as I just was telling Daniel in the last segment, one thing we're not seeing is you don't see in any of those emails. It's all about scandal schemes and how to spin things and how you know get their way, how to have you know reporters who play ball with them. Nothing is in there about how to change what's happening in America for the better for the American citizen. Nothing is about how to create plans that would be you know efficient and. Uh, generate income for every everyday America. It's all about their crimes, their scandals, their evil agenda. Nothing about the American people. And you have you know people showing up at Trump rallies versus Clinton, a hundred to one. You know she's getting two hundred people, he's getting you know thirty five thousand people. And the polls, we see if you look at the demographics of the pollings that are being done all throughout the mainstream media. They're oversampling or uh, oversampling Democrats almost two to one, and then they're saying, "Oh, Hillary has a five-point lead in this state." I don't see unless you know with the the voting fraud and the ability to change the actual results, it's going to be a Trump's going to win in a landslide, probably unlike anything we've seen before in history. And that takes me back to what George Soros said: you know, Trump can definitely win the popular vote by a landslide, but will lose because the electoral college will vote Hillary in. Oh, absolutely. That, I think that's I mean, definitely a possibility. Yeah, and, and I think everybody and anybody who listens to this and who hears this, who pays attention to the mainstream media um, for purposes other than just listening to the to the insanity that they spew, needs to re-examine how and where they get their information. If there's ever a time for people to get into the info themselves, to, to fact-check everything these candidates say, it's now. 
if you really do want the truth of the matter. But I think people that are going to be voting for Hillary Clinton, the far and few between, are dug in regardless. And uh, I think Trump's moment, I mean, he's breaking records on Facebook. There was an article on Drudge, and I talked with Eric off air about this last week, where he's gaining 35,000 plus followers a day on Facebook. Uh, Wow. And there's no enthusiasm in the Clinton campaign. I just don't know how they can spin this. If you take all the evidence and you show the rallies, you show, uh, you know, and drive around from town to town. So many Trump signs. No Hillary signs, you know, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how they're going to be able to spin this to say, and if he does win the popular vote but lose the, loses the election, I think every anybody and everybody who is a supporter of Trump or not Hillary Clinton or voted against Hillary Clinton, that will just ruin any faith they had left in our election system. You know what that means, of course. There will be civil disobedience following that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we talked about last hour, too. From civil disobedience of Trump wins to uh, the possibility of Hillary wins a civil dis- disobedience, but even more so than that, the potential for war with Russia, and if Trump wins, the potential for the bankers to pull the rug out from under him and create some kind of economic collapse. Uh, we're looking at yeah. trouble either way. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a no-win situation. Yeah, it's... Uh you know, you know Trump has his faults, okay. But when you look at the 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 trollic attack that is coming from the left against him in every known media, I mean, just they are so afraid of him. Anybody that stands back and looks at this logic, that will see that they're they're frightened to death of him. Um, they're the type of campaigns they're running are really not uh, you know decent. And uh, you know, he, Trump has tried a number of times to clean up or to, to run in camp against them. But, um, you know, in the end, he's forced to, to play the game their way a bit to put out the, the, the dirty linen on Hillary and, you know, I mean, her, her politics. It's just, you know, you, you wish you could uh, get to the man, you know, to Trump and say, look, it's all right, you know, America's really behind you, just don't listen to all this, but he must be just growing absolutely exhausted with all the traveling he's doing to the, the borderline states and the swing states and uh, you know my hat's off to him he's, he's certainly putting his actions where his mouth is he's trying yeah yeah today yeah I'll just remind me today he was in um, what Grand Junction uh, Colorado Springs and Durango south of us three Colorado cities today making speeches uh, you know that would be enough to exhaust most people if that were the only thing they're doing in a month, you know, for one day. But uh, he leaves here. I'm sure he's got, you know, other cities lined up in this wing state yeah, uh, to go and put the message across one last chance. And uh, so, again, money or not involved in, you know, what he's got in the bank, he is a trooper, and uh, I do admire that. Absolutely. Uh, Stan, we got about... Uh, seven minutes before the break, there's a story that I wanted to, to ask you about as we've had numerous emails and other people curious about this. Um, I don't know if you saw this, and if not, I can send this over to you, about the executive order that Obama signed to coordinate efforts to prepare for the national for, for national space weather events talking about the vulnerabilities to the United States power system um, and other critical infrastructure systems 
due to space weather events in the form of solar flares, energetic particles, and other geomagnetic disturbances. And they go on to talk about creating new policy in an effort to minimize the extent and economic loss and human hardship under a uh, space weather event. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this at length in the past. You know, the, the One Second After was a book uh, that was uh, really made the rounds that talked about what were the potential damages that could happen if we saw a solar storm to the extent, or a CME, to the extent that we did in 1812 where it burned all the telegram wires and uh, they say if that were to happen today, it would basically disable all of our electronics for the foreseeable future, and that the United States government needed $2 billion to ground each uh, power system in the proper way that an EMP wouldn't affect it. Why are we now seeing you know, the president trying to come out and make um, uh, changes you know, when things could have been done decades ago, and um, especially amidst the heightened sense of an alert for a geomagnetic CME-type solar flare storm. And we're seeing scientists now say, oh, prepare for the big one. You know, it's, you know, it's coming. Um, Obama seems to be wanting to make a legacy. You know, his uh, his other attempts at that uh, with Obamacare and, and uh, other activities uh, have fallen flat. And so he's looking for something to replace that and also to probably put him in a good light. In other words, uh, you know, after he leaves office, if he does. And this uh, this move toward, uh, you know, to preparing or hardening our power structure and our electronic stuff will be seen by the people who don't really follow the news in detail. You know, they just look at summaries on, you know, CBS or, you know, some left-wing uh, channel. These people will see that as, oh, the president is addressing the, the problem and he's uh, seen the seriousness of it and he'll put things in place. And they haven't put, I uh, probably won't put into play the thought that this has been going on. We've seen this approaching us for the last seven or eight years, seriously, the effect of a solar EMP. And they'll just look at it as, well, they've finally gotten the proof they need of the scientists. It's, you know, you'll probably link global warming to the real source then, you know, get away from the global warming being just a, you know, a, a life, uh, you know, uh, gas or whatever, you know, from various sources that has created this global warming effect from industry and stuff. He'll swing it to that. And uh, people will feel that, okay, uh, he's been leaning for this global warming all the time, and he's found the real major cause. You know, they've been able to prove it and get a consensus. And they won't know, of course, about all the scientists that have been put down and gagged, you know, uh, who are trying to say this for the last 10 years even, that it's not, uh, you know, greenhouse gas increases from, you know, industrial and uh, from people. It is mainly the sun. And, you know, a lot of us have been saying that, but he is now going to come out and try to look like a hero, whether he stays in office or not. That will be his winning thing, is to try to get uh, the United States and possibly the world prepared to deal with this EMP-type situation. And right now, as I'm sure you know, I mean, we've been talking about this, you and I, for, and your dad, for years now, about the increasing instability of the sun since 1999, no, 1992, when the, the first reports of strange uh, ultraviolet bandwidths starting to come from the sun, you know, emissions of a new kind of chemical reaction, nuclear reactions that were uh, not normal. And so we knew from that time, and I've talked to the, the, the astrophysicists involved in it down in Arizona and got you know, papers sent to me from them, 
on, it's a big question mark. And they've been trying since then to figure out what we do with the increase in solar emissions, with the increase in light, the solar irradiance coming. What is causing it? How do we prepare for it? And I have beat this drum to death that a lot of the so-called chemtrails are efforts to mitigate the increase in these radiations and the effect on the planet. Um, but, you know, Obama has waited his time now, and he'll look like a hero if he plays it right, saying, yeah, we've got to do something about this. I'll make this money available. And, you know, you and I both know it's, you know, a day late and a dollar short. It's just not done properly. If he really wanted to have done it, he would have done it soon he got to office. But um, anyway, the, the, the sun is irregular. We're seeing larger coronal holes and emissions coming from it. Uh, we're seeing more coronal mass ejections. Um, yeah, gosh, I, you, you want to kick somebody over this, you know, that just uh, why have you waited so long? And, of course, this is probably what we think is the reason, but, uh, uh, Lord, it's depressing. No, it is <laughs> It is depressing, and I can't wait um, for this election to be over. And uh, it, it just seems to clutter so much of other important news that's going on. And, uh, you know, we're three weeks away. And the country seems to be on the verge, you know, of losing their mind. I read a report the other day that talks about how the election, allegedly the election is affecting people. Um, and, and the report went on to say that it's affecting, you know, seniors the most, but that it is causing anxiety. It is causing, you know, all these other uh, headaches, all these other ailments, um, you know, to people who are, I guess would you'd say invested and who are um paying attention and and want their candidate to win and I guess the the question would be is that anxiety is that worry uh justified and you know, I guess you could say yes depending on uh all the other things we see going on in in the in in the world um I think people more than wor- being worried about this election are worried about where the next president, regardless if it's Trump or Clinton, where they will lead us in these uncertain times when we have, you know, terrible international relations that have continued to deteriorate, terrible race relations in this country after Obama, you know, basically uh, promised that that would all be fixed and, and he would, you know, be the man who got behind that. We got so much up in the air, uh, and we are moving into a time many think are very prophetic in nature, where we're going to see the Lord move, but we're going to also see Satan and his evil minions, you know, come more out in the open and lift that veil between, you know, heaven and or hell and earth. And uh, where we read about in the Bible, those stories of of these end times. Stan, we're up against the break. When we come back, right. let's okay. uh, let's get into some some of the things you have on your show images site and anything else you want to talk about that you feel is important. Folks, you're listening okay. to the Hagman and Hagman Report with Stan Dale. He'll be with us for one more segment before we close out the program. Don't forget tomorrow, Dinesh D'Souza and Carl Gallup's going to be a great show. Stay with us. And 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment of this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined, as we are each and every Tuesday in the last hour, by Stan Dale from standale.com. Bookmark his website. There is a lot going on there. You got the latest news. Uh, you can also find Stan's appearances on upcoming radio shows. You can get the books. Uh, that Stan and Holly have both authored, you know, Dare to Prepare, one of the uh, in, the best encyclopedia of preparedness books, uh, and uh, so many, so much more there. And we're going to talk with Stan about what he has found is important this week and what to expect as we continue moving forward in these uncertain times. Stan, I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you start where you think we should go. Well, let me ask you, did uh, did you listen to that True News show, Rick Wiles, today? No, I didn't, but I see it's up on your show images page. Well, uh, uh, Kim, Earthquake Kim, your, your listener that uh, does a lot of research for us on earthquakes and various other things of importance, she sent me a link to this and said, uh, you know, have a look, because it says here on Rick Wiles' show, Will God Grant America Reprieve? And he goes on in there interviewing a couple of other people that are on the show with him about prophetic dreams and the fate of the United States. And you can see by the little uh, image I took off the screen there about WikiLeaks and, uh, you know, the uh, Illuminati symbol on the back of the U.S. dollar and about Trump. He gives Trump a really uh, good billing there. So, uh, you know, he's calling for a 21-day fast, of, of whether it be food or various other things. The Holy Spirit, he's able to direct you how to do it. But he's asking for Americans who are believing Christians to fast and pray for a reprieve for, for America. Now, that might come in the form of using Donald Trump and his uh, new administration or some other way. But um, thinking back to what Obama was saying about the EMP thrust there, that might be what uh, brings people to the knees pretty quick when they suddenly realize we're in deep, deep trouble because all the electronics have gone. Whatever it is, um, I think it's probably worth listening to that uh, Rick Wiles interview. I haven't listened to all of it. I've just hit spots of it here and there uh, quickly because I, I just got it earlier today. But um, uh, there have been other people saying that they think that uh, God will grant uh, America a temporary reprieve to allow more people to be saved. And if that is the case, then uh, Christians really uh, should try their best to be, you know, soldiers on the front line and uh, be prepared to witness people using current events as a uh, an intro into the discussion about the need to be saved. Why is it important? And it's not just to, you know, give you a better time in this life because it certainly hasn't proven to be that for, for Christians for many generations. They've just been killed and persecuted for their faith. But it's a time to stand up and it might be nothing more than figuring out a way to use a current event or situation in your personal life which affects a relative or a friend directly and has got them worried. And at that point you can use that hook as they say in advertising, use that hook to talk to them, bring them in and say, look, you're worried about blah, 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 economic failure, the collapse of the stock market, the collapse of the world economy, uh, nuclear war in the Middle East and bombs in America, and, and, you know, all those kind of things can be used as a hook to get the person you're talking to or persons to listen to why uh, all this has been prophesied and how it's going to play out and why it's important to be on the winning side. And, you know, it goes on beyond uh, Earth. I mean, life is really a long time after that for those who uh, are saved out of this chaos here. So anyway, it's important. I'd, I'd listen to that true news. I'd also look on the Internet for other things about uh, prophetic uh, uh, dreams and uh, visions that people have had in the last hundred years. 
classified twice in America, named in prophecy, and that's, that itself is a whole show to, uh, to put together. But there are reasons, and uh, there are references to the United States and Great Britain in prophecy, indirectly, or not obviously, but mm-hmm. they are there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they don't say them by name, but there are definitely references there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, um, now on other issues uh, regarding, uh, say, nuclear war, uh, at the moment we're seeing the uh, mainstream news, which is kind of important if they're saying it, you know, they're, they're trying to steer us in a certain direction, and it's steer by fear. Um, <laughs> um, Holly was just uh, telling me something about the elections here, apparently up on uh, Fox News. They were coming up interviewing a guy, and it was a rather interesting little one-liner, a soundbite, calling the problem with our elections at the moment and all the campaigning electile dysfunction. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. Yeah, well, that's another thing. You know, it could be used as a hook. But anyway, um, getting back to the situation in the Middle East, first of all, the economy and world war are uh, just tied at the, you know, joined at the hip. Uh, they really uh, uh, affect each other, whichever one comes first, the uh, economic collapse or the nuclear uh, war. Obviously, if we have a global uh, economic collapse and there's chaos from that, People will get disturbed that they can't get their money, and on an individual, you know, personal level, there will be people that are fighting, killing, robbing, and this could create civil disorder all over the planet. It could also move uh, the elected officials or dictatorial officials of various countries to attack their neighboring countries for resources, uh, or for lack of. Um, now, in the Middle East, I've been talking about this guy for some time, young Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman. He's second in line to the throne of Saudi Arabia. And as such, he's been given a lot of power by his father, King Salman, instead of his cousin, uh, uh, Mohammed bin Nayef, who is the official uh, successor to King Salman, should King Salman advocate or die. But the way the power structure has been given at the moment, it's been given to King Salman's son instead of to his cousin. And this son is proving to be, uh, well, a military aggressor, uh, an economic reformer. And as a military fellow, he's been quite reckless, and he's he's learning. He's learning by his mistakes very rapidly. But he's now in charge of a 34-nation Arab consortium of countries uh, allegedly put together to fight ISIS, which, of course, ISIS is into Iran, has a, a base of operations there, and... Young Ben Salman, uh, Prince Ben Salman has been saying, we got to get him, so the United States is helping him, the United States is supplying refueling airplanes on the uh, the various uh, U.S. aircraft, or sorry, aircraft carriers off the coast of Yemen in their fight against the uh, Houthis. Um, you know, so there is this very strong alliance between Saudi Arabia and the United States in the Middle East area. Now, this Prince Salman has started the reform that he, I think, is going to want to spread to the whole world in cutting our dependence on oil as a major uh, factor in our economy. He's saying, look, we're doing it. We're going to cut back you know, our dependence on oil income. We're going to increase new uh, technologies and new free energy or alternate energy sources to reduce the impact on the environment. So he's saying all the right things. He could have been a, a U.S. politician for what he's saying. He would fit very well in this country. 
um, anyway, so here he is now then, and he's head-to-head with his uh, cousin for the throne. Now, the uh, commander of the Quds forces in Iran, General Soleimani, in the last few weeks has been saying, you watch, young Mohammed bin Salman is going to take the throne, and he's going to do away with his father. In essence, he said he's going to kill him, assassinate him. Um, and, you know, Saudi Arabia has young people, millennials like we do, lots of them. And they, in essence, are supporting this guy, you know, Mohammed bin Salman, rather than his cousin, the old guy. Uh, and once he gets the momentum, young bin Salman is going to change not only the uh, Saudi economy, but all the countries that have been depending on their oil. There's going to be a change in the way that people get energy, countries get energy. Uh, Israel is joined the race now. Then they're supplying oil. They're going to be supplying much more oil and gas as uh, fields are developed in northern Israel and off in the Mediterranean. All this economy and, and fighting is so closely linked over there that one sneeze could set off a global catastrophe. One nuclear bomb usage in any kind of a, of a confrontation over there could set off the collapse of the world economy and lay the groundwork for this one world dictator that we know is coming in prophecy. Now, to me, this seems like one of the, the biggest hooks to use with people is to say, look, if you're looking for proof of, of the prophecies, number one, look at Israel. It's a nation again after 2,000 years prophesied. It is now so. And now then number two, look at the rise of an antichrist power who's going to uh, look at, uh, you know, uh, reorganizing the world economy, is going to reorganize the world borders into ten nation states. Now, not only is young Prince Salman fitting into that role, but uh, Erdogan, Erdogan, the president of uh, Turkey, he, in my opinion, is going to be the what Revelation says is the second beast who will praise and uh, develop a world government, praise the Antichrist, perform the first beast. And I think that will be young Ben Salman who will be wounded uh, severely in the actions that he takes against Israel and some of the neighboring countries here shortly. Uh, but his plans for reorganizing the world by 2030 will be picked up by Erdogan, in my opinion. And Erdogan will be a fierce enforcer of what Mohammed bin Salman is trying to set up now. This young fellow, you know, he's he's got really some good ideas and he's trying to to exercise them like a strong king would but I, I don't think he's anywhere near the strength uh, of uh, spirit you know and uh, objectives that Erdogan is so I see the two of those closely allied and in the direction of this one world government uh, do you do you see that or feel that in your in your in your spirit uh, yeah, you know, Turkey has a very, we were just talking about this with our last guest, the, what's been going on with Turkey from their, uh, partnership with Russia on many different levels, one being, you know, big energy deals and currency deals to the NATO Turkish relationships. And, you know, the question was asked, is Turkey leaving the NATO or is NATO leaving Turkey? And, you know, more, the more that you talk about it and bring these, uh, bring this stuff up about these different leaders in the Middle East, I, I do believe that the, uh, Erdogan, the president of Turkey, the leader of Turkey, has, uh, a lot more going on and on his mind about what's going on in our current world and has goals and aspirations to build his own personal 
I don't even know what you would call it. Um, I, I want to say empire, but his own personal, um, going on, you know, propping himself up, making himself, uh, to be the head of some kind of Arab alliance. And in the, in, in pro, the lens, through the lens of prophecy, we're seeing, uh, that these people are not just making moves to, to make moves, that this is very much intertwined in prophecy. And, you know, I see so many different, uh, I read so much different, uh, theology and, uh, eschatology and, and people's opinions about, about what they believe, uh, you know, different things in the Bible are that pertain to the end times. And I, when it comes to the Middle East, Stan, you are, are a much more uh, fluent and intelligent person when it comes to the leaders and, and uh, how that pertains to Bible prophecy than I am. I tend to shy away from from thinking that, you know, uh, the Antichrist would, would come out or, or uh, you know, these Arab alliances or even ISIS could be, you know, some kind of end times army. But we have people like Waleed Chobad who talks about that's exactly what Islam is, is, uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, the false religion, the end times religion that persecutes Christians, the Antichrist religion. Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I just don't know. You know, Joe, look, um, what we're doing, you and I both, is we're expressing opinions of what we're reading in prophecy and trying to relate those to current events. And that's kind of a very subjective type uh, approach to it, but it has to be that way because, you know, the Bible uh, writes things and, and uh, so it affects or teaches various types of people, like whether you're a, a scientist or whether you're a theologian or whether you're just, you know, a person that's interested in, in salvation or whatever. So we're going to get these uh, differing opinions, but as we approach the mark in time, you know, where these events become fulfilling prophecies, uh, then whoever's viewpoint or the combination of them is right will stand out, you know, and people will say, ah, that's Blog's interpretation of whether we have a Middle East Antichrist or not, and that's Blog's interpretation of what the world religion will be, and blah, blah, blah. But it wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to make that choice unless people like yourself and your dad and me and Wally and all kinds of people, if we hadn't brought these thoughts together after much study and say, look, here are the things we need to consider, you know, in current events, so keep your eyes open. And one of the things that you mentioned about this Islam, you know, the global religion being that, when you see the Vatican, you know, strong bunch of supporters in the world, when you see the Vatican, the Pope in particular, coming out and calling for a global religion, which is a, a combination of all the religions of the world into one, you know, quasi-effective world religion, when you see him doing that, you know that there's something afoot on a global basis almost immediately. And in the Bible, when it talks about in the, the reign of the Antichrist and the false prophet, when you see them talking about the beheadings, well, what does Islam do with, the, you know, the non-believers? The, the, the death of choice is, uh, you know, a, a machete or a knife or something to, to the head, cutting the head off, and, uh, you know, like a guillotine. And that... That religion described in, in the in the Revelation, that religion does use that kind of a thing to behead the believers. Uh, you know, in their opinion, of course, the Islamic would be the the um, the non-believers, the people of the book, you know, Jews and Christians. But anyway, that that tells me right there that we were looking for the form.
something that has force to force you to either believe or die. And the only one on the planet big enough and, and doing it already is Islam. Now, that doesn't mean that all uh, uh, Muslims, uh, by far, are bad people or, you know, um, aggressively trying to kill the people of the book, you know, Jews and Christians. Uh, you know, I've known through my life a number of um, Muslims and their families and dined with them and stuff. You know, I mean, there are people that are just like us, and they've grown up in a religion, and the, what they live by is a superficial structure of it, not of the extremities, like, you know, uh, kill all the, the Jews and Christians, and uh, like ISIS talks about. That's the small percentage of the Islamic believers. I'm not trying to promote Islam, but I'm just saying that uh, if you've got a neighbor that's Islamic, you can't just automatically say, ah, they're a terrorist. That's totally different. Um but yeah, these these things in prophecy. I know there are people that say in in our group of, stu- of uh, evangel- evangelical preachers that say, okay, you can't have a Middle Eastern Antichrist because of blah blah blah. Okay, I'm 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 good with that. Uh, I'm just bringing up the possibility that of the six or seven that I've listed on my website that that uh, young Prince Ben Salman at the moment and Erdogan of Turkey, those two are moving and have moved to the position that they're very strong to fulfill those first and second beast type uh, prophecies. Uh, remember this, the Antichrist that people talk about, they, they're really talking about the deeds of the, of the false prophet more than the Antichrist, because the Antichrist receives a wound or wounds to, you know, take him out of the game. And the majority of the oppressive things like the 666 uh, numbering and the world economy and the chopping the heads off, this comes from the false prophet. Uh, he's the one that's strong and, and does this in the name and in the sight of the image of the first one, uh, which TV allows us to do. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my thought. I, it, it, Erdogan is trying to... Um, to form a revived Ottoman Empire uh, in his own control, and it'll be a small empire by control uh, by comparison to what it was originally. But he wants to form an alliance of Arab states that will make his strength very strong. Even though he doesn't control directly all these other countries, he will control the consortium, and he will represent the, the probably the eastern leg of the revived Roman Empire, like Daniel's dream or, or interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream says. But then the Western side will be a consortium of nations in Europe and elsewhere. And we know that the Vatican is is favoring a ten supernation or supernation consortium for the planet. And the Vatican is then leaning toward what the Club of Rome has uh, outlined for the whole planet, which is ten supranation states. And page 200 of the Cosmic Conspiracy that I wrote in 1978 gives you a visual picture and a detailed list by name of the countries of the ten regions that the Club of Rome wants to establish and that the Vatican is endorsing at the moment. So the Vatican there in Italy, you've got Erdogan and Turkey. Between them, they're going to put together a global alliance of a revived Roman Empire that is global. You know, and I, I can't uh, see it any other way. I mean, it's just they've got to deal with the whole planet, not just Europe. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, um, with the, you know the prophecy unfolding and and the elections uh, right around the corner, and sadly, you know, during these election cycles, it takes up just about every ounce of time having to to talk with them. It seems all encompassing. 
Um, but there's a lot that goes around that goes on outside of the elections. Um, but every from economists to uh, political pundits to prophecy experts all agree on this one thing that we are looking at a severe conflict regardless of who wins this election and in from from 2016 and through 2017 and many believe it is the start of something that is biblical in nature and then you have on your site and this is something on the images page and this is something that we've talked about with you on previous shows a number of times but uh, the great sign of revelation 12 and that which is set to happen on September 23rd 2017 and you know we just had the blood moons and uh you know the 2017 you'll be celebrating the 70 year anniversary of the united nations of israel becoming a nation itself again uh which is a, a huge prophecy fulfillment and it seems that we are in these times uh that you know the prophets yearn to see uh which is you know the end of the age before the lord comes back and I mean, to you, uh, Stan, just since in the last three months of this election cycle, um, and let's take the, uh, let's say there wasn't an election this year, but just the intensity of all the information that's come out, the uh, emotionally involved people, the lies from the mainstream media, doesn't everything point to a huge intensification to get this global government through, almost like it's now or never, regardless of who wins the election uh, I believe you know it, it will be pushed through and it will be you know at the forefront uh, reg- they'll get it in one way or another but doesn't it just seem like they are at the race towards the, the bottom of this thing uh, when they could unless there's some external force we're unaware of uh, they could be a little more subtle give it 10 years and they could have everything they want but it seems like they're trying to push it all through right now to make it yeah, uh, and I start think now. That, yeah, I think that that, that uh, accelerated push may be due to uh, changes in the environment, uh, particularly in the sun, uh, that are affecting us, which uh, means that they've got to be in, in power uh, before chaos hits so that they can control the populations to, you know, a lot better. Um, and, you know, it's no secret that America's kind of been the, the police uh, force of the world since World War II. And, uh, you know, American involvement, uh, you know, and uh, uh, global corporations and distribution of, of resources across the planet is well known. So Americans don't want to be under any kind of authoritarian rule other than the ones that they elect. So you can see why they're pushing very hard to destroy America, to, to destroy the infrastructure and uh, to break the will of the people. Um, as far as the elections, if Trump does win, and by some miracle the Electoral College lets him uh, take office, um, remember that, you know, short of being Jesus Christ, uh, an individual coming into the world and organizing it properly and fairly is almost impossible to do in a four-year elected term because you've got to replace a lot of people and a lot of uh, rules and laws and stuff that, and treaties that have been put in force by administration after administration, not, not only Obama, but once before him. Uh, so you, you can't just go in and fire everybody that you think is part of the bad guys and then, you know, replace it with new infrastructure. In a four-year period, it's almost impossible. I think this is why, uh, what Rick Wiles is, uh, you'll guess the things we're talking about, I think this is why we're going to see a, a uh, short reprieve if we get Trump into the uh, the office, 
it won't solve all the problems. It'll give us breathing room to witness to people and say, okay, it's here. The time you know, starts pretty close now then, and people will see the, the, uh, the lateness of the hour, if you wish. Um, but as I say, when, the, when Jesus comes back to rule the planet, he'll have the blueprint. He'll have the authority and the power he already does anyway, but he will be the one that organizes the world back into a, a, a working, uh, peaceful, harmonious place. But even doing that, a thousand years later, there will be a revolt when Satan is released. We know that. But in the interim, there will be a wonderful, uh, you know, explosion of peace, love, and harmony, and rebuilding and restructuring the planet and getting everything working together. A human leader just cannot do that right now. They, they don't have the power of the resources to do it, only to give us a breather. And I think that's why uh, Rick Wallace is calling it a reprieve. It's not stopping it. It's just going to slow it down if we can get uh, Trump into office. Um, but that's just, you know, an observation. It's not a prompt or anything like that. Now, before I get off, let me let me say this. Uh, you know, I told you that uh, I would tell you guys, I, I sent a letter or an email to your dad about this, but uh, the reason that uh, I skipped last week was this. Um, there there was a, a reunion at the United States Air Force Academy uh, for my class there, uh, the, the prep school and the, the class of 67. And uh, we had to be cleared security-wise, Holly and I, to even get on the base into the secured areas at that time. And the rest of the guys that were attending, I mean, this has been, what, 50, uh, 53 years since I saw these guys. And uh, certainly they were vastly changed. There was less hair, and those that didn't have hair were a little bit grayer, <laughs> whiter than I remembered. But um, it, that was why I had to kind of back off and not say anything about why, because I wanted to be sure we got the clearance to get on there, because everybody had to go through this uh, clearance uh, regimen. And then, yeah, after Aleppo started getting intense over there, they really uh, restricted access to the Air Force Academy, to the prep school area, and up into the cadet dorms. But they gave us the clearance, and it was wonderbar. Holly and I tracked all over with the other guys and, and, and girls that came. Um, we saw, you know, inside the, the new cadet dorms and how they organized everything. And for the wives, that was an eye-opener, because obviously they didn't, they didn't live through it. Yeah, and uh, they took us into the war room there. Uh, and the Air Force Academy almost got this uh, level of technical expertise among all the forces. And they took us in and showed us, you know, like you would see in the movies in the Defense Department, all the screens are up on the walls and computers are all hooked in. That was the room we walked in, and they're training uh, Air Force Academy cadets to be able to do that uh, in the environment, in the Defense Department, wherever they are in the field. Um, and we saw them, you know, uh, using Google Earth type stuff. Okay, we're now here's here's the combatants. Here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. And all right, start the game. And you know there'd be planes flying, be missiles, and there'd be any missile defenses. And we're seeing it all there live. And I'm just telling you what those young cadets. I think my hats off to them because by golly, there's a lot of stuff to take into consideration when you're going to fight in this nuclear age. You know, uh, tactical nukes and. Uh, a lot of other things that they mentioned, but anyway, um, they let us uh, see all that and uh, take a couple of pictures, uh, some photographs that are they're not classified, uh, and then from there we went into the um, the research facilities in the uh, hypersonic wind tunnel and into the uh, um, the water tunnel, which is really how you can measure the effects of uh, Mach, you know, four and five on aircraft uh, because you flow the water past it at a much slower speed, but it the, the patterns it makes uh, reflect what would happen in the atmosphere. Anyway, we got to see that, and we got 
say much about. But anyway, um, it was a wonderful trip, and we met some wonderful cadets, and uh, uh, had lunch with a bunch of them over at the prep school uh, dining room. And, uh, you know, I guess we were a bit tired after it, but it was it was worth the effort to see the sports facilities and uh, these metal training things. And, oh, the, I mean, the buildings are so huge that in the winter when they're training cross-country, because you can't do it outside because of the snow and ice, you can run down the the hallway. They've got, I mean, you can see the other end of the hallway. It's uh, far away, but you can see it. And they run down this and around the inside, and they have inside to make the classroom hallways inside track runs. Just a lot of just cool stuff that we saw. So that's why. It sounds like it, Stan. Uh, We've uh, reached all the way to the very, very end. Stan, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. StanDeo.com is, is his website. Until next Tuesday, God bless. Stay safe, stay safe and tell Holly we said hello. I'll do. God bless you now. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Thanks. That'll do it for us tomorrow night. Dinesh D'Souza in the first hour, followed by Carl Gallops in hours two and three. Not going to want to miss that one. Have a good night, everyone.